This is Comic Shenanigans episode 102B, Talking Hero Clicks bonus content edition. Welcome once again to Comic Shenanigans. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 102B, Talking Hero Clicks bonus content edition. Um, I am joined on Skype with my fabulous co host, Nathan Struck. Hello. So this is our first time doing a podcast on Skype. We've already had a bunch of technical bungles. Hopefully this time it works out. Yeah. That would be nice. So, Nate, you missed out on the actual Talking Heroclix podcast, but we really wanted to do a podcast with you talking about uh, Clixmas, so this is our opportunity to do so. Uh, what what thoughts do you have on, on Clixmas in general or on this particular Clixmas, or what would you like to share with the listeners? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, uh, first of all, I want to say that I did appreciate Adam's efforts to, to bring a little bit of life to the podcast on, on recent Clicksmith for Wolverine and the X-Men. Uh, I know we all kind of had to duck out, um, not necessarily early. It was actually quite late in the day. We had uh, spent a, you know, all our time after work, post-work opening and enjoying the flurry of activity and doing the trades and then playing a game. So, uh, I mean, Adam is right. If you have a chance of playing or talking, I guess we'll, we'll play and then find another time to talk. So I, I was very appreciative of Adam's podcast. I thought it really captured the spirit of the day. And it was really kind of cool to hear that day from a third-person perspective. Like someone was narrating almost my life for a minute there. And um, <laughs> highly, highly accurate for the most part. And getting the trades down with me and Leon, which was uh, pretty intense for a while. And I was really hoping something was going to come together there. And uh, You know what that right. felt like? What? That, that trade with you and Leon, it felt like watching a movie where like watching like Jerry Maguire or something where someone's trying to make a, a haggle on like a sports like signing someone to a contract and then you would you'd be on the phone and we'd hear your side of the conversation and then you'd hang up and you'd just put the phone sitting in the middle of the, of, of the table waiting for it to ring again oh I knew he'd call again and he called quite you're like he was grocery shopping the first time and then he's like let me call you back and then I like, okay fine finish your grocery shopping it was like three minutes had passed or something and the phone rings again he's like okay what do we got going on here and like I'll give you this and I'd offered you're right I'd offered way too much the first time I was offering both team bases X-Men Gold and Excalibur just for one of the chases and and I that's what I that's how desperate I was and how direct I was I was and this is what I want and he kind of went and hemmed and hawed about it and then said well which one would you want Magic or, or Colossus hoping that I would ask for Colossus because nobody seems to want him um, and then time time enough passed, and I and I kind of the phone was hung up, and we called again, and I just realized that I can get more than that, I can do better than that. And he called back and said, "Let's do it. I'm going to do it. We'll do the two team dials for the one figure." And I'm like, "I'm past that, man. Let's let's talk something else." And uh, mm-hmm. I was a disappointed it didn't come out <laughs> um, the other way, and, and I would end up with two out of, or rather four out of the the five. But I'm kind of I was just talking to Adam off air and just saying how. I feel it, it's only been two days, but I feel like, oh, am I, am I ever going to be able to achieve this? Am I ever going to get those chases? It's too late. I've, li- I've missed my window. It's been two whole days. You know, yeah, I- it's interesting how that how you feel. I mean, like I was talking on on the podcast I did on my own about how you know with the chases for Spider Man, I did it within two days, and it didn't feel like two days. It felt like it took longer, but it was just such a flurry of activity, and it's interesting. Um, mindset to have two days go by and feel like you've missed your boat already. And especially it's only been two days. And even for you, we kept telling you, like, dude, it's the slingers, don't worry, they'll be easy to, to obtain. And you were like, no, you guys are just saying that, you're being very nice, but that's not how it's going to work. These are chases you don't understand. And we're like, okay, dude, calm down. 
But this time, there is a huge amount of activity on about the Phoenixes. Uh, even if people who haven't read the comic are just like, these are really powerful figures. They're team killers in a 300-point game. Um, in higher games, you just like you throw you throw Emma on there on her three hundred point di- uh, or her top dial, and mm-hmm. she has the automatic TK every turn, so she can hypersonic and then TK one of the other characters out and have them hit, and the next turn hypersonic again and TK them even further. She's a double slingshotter. Yeah, beautiful, wonderful ability, and they see that potential for fun games mostly, and they all want them, and they have nice sculpts, so. It's not like the Slingers who were cute and they had a nice little package and they were very self-contained and they were mighty with these high attack values but like kind of funny powers that worked in quirky ways. Yeah. It wasn't enough to make the demands. Like how much is um, Hornet go trading for now? 20 bucks? Probably. You know? Um, so they were cool dials with a nice little spider web but nothing beats clear orange plastic. No, this is true. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I can't say for sure, and I, I know I know you mentioned on the podcast you don't really know why I want them. Um, it certainly isn't because I love the characters, as it were, because they only appeared in like you know a total of maybe four comics. Yeah. But uh, I did enjoy them when I enjoyed them, particularly on the Hickman and Coipel stuff, as we mentioned. Um, and I enjoyed the the concepts of them more than maybe their um, the application of those concepts. But you know, I still thought they were really neat and. I'd love to have all five of them on my desk, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to keep trying. Leon was very encouraging this today, talking to me, and he's like, you'll do it. I'm like, okay, hopefully. Well, you want it enough. I mean, it all comes down to how badly do you want this. Well, yeah, and but that usually translates to money, and I don't have the money to just throw at this. Not not always. It's also just this uh, relentlessness to, to make it happen on mm-hmm. your own terms in some way, and I've never seen you this... Um, uh, motivated and this like this, this full with like this is going to happen I, yeah. I need these the I've only other time I think recently though that happened is when I realized that they had made a Century Void and I wasn't playing tournament stuff I didn't really know what the problems everyone had uh, with Century Void was or what it was supposed to be I just saw the sculpt and I really enjoyed that storyline uh, from Siege and uh, I love that sequence where, where Century just goes nuts and becomes this dark god and I like this is immortalized in clicks with a gold base. I'll take it, you know. So I took my zombies out of retirement from Supernova, mm. and uh, traded them online and, and got plenty of offers. So that was the only other time. Yeah, this has probably been the most I've tried since. Wow, since I don't know Supernova. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy watching you go at it. <laughs> well, it's not working out to me for too much. Uh, I've been trying to trade Cyclops in exchange for a Namor. I have a Cyclops for trade and. I can't get any kind of bites on anymore yet. It's it's only been like a few hours, but you know how it is. Oh, it's well, everything's amplified, especially because everyone's putting up yes, post, uh, yes. trading. Yes, every few seconds, someone else has put one up. Yeah, so I mean, it's so hard to keep it up in the public consciousness and without you know pissing people off with you know ridiculous bumps and you no, know, it, it's um, it's definitely the flurry of activity uh, on a release day, and it's it's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing like it, really. But do you think in these in these situations, especially when it comes to this, this uh, kind of multi bidding for the chases, that in six months from now it'll have calmed down and it will be a better buyer's market, or do you think that it'll be a better seller's market, as it were, um, for these figures? Uh, I think part of it depends on if they sold out of the set at the distributor. I don't actually remember hearing about that. So that's that's one factor. Like, are there is there still potential for more than mm-hmm. to be pulled? Uh, also, are they legal for Fear Itself tournaments? Because those two things would mean that there's a lot more being pulled mm. every day. 
So if they didn't sell out and they're and you're allowed to use them in fair itself tournaments, then it means every time there's a fair itself tournament every month, people are buying. Oh yeah, the X Men because at this point, at this point, they are burnt out of Amazing Spider Man, mm-hmm. Teen Titans because generally that's all that people have been able to buy at these fair itself tournaments. So suddenly to have something new and fresh and something that people are excited about anyway, you're going to see tons more if that's the case. So I think then they will probably drop down in value, or at least they'll be more around in the market. But that's just no. Conjecture. I mean, that's that's uh, based on sound reasoning, and I think that um, they will have hopefully, if they have any common sense, produced a higher quantity of the set than perhaps any others recently. I mean, it, it, they should know this. They they have their ear to the ground. They listen to the realms. It's it's X Men. They don't have to do a lot of market research to understand that the demand will for this will be high. So my hope is that the supply was made high. If the supply is generally higher for the set, you will see the prices just come down rather quickly as time goes on, as it's discovered how much supply exists. As, as they hmm. start selling off a lot of these figures online and they realize, look, we've sold a, a bunch of these chases and yet the demand seems to be dropping. It seems to be that the people who want them are sated and we're still left with like, you know, a handful, you know, 20 more of these figures will have to bring prices down. Yeah. Um, what about traders, though? My thought is it seems like traders, as you, as you rightly pointed out, have this flurry of activity at the beginning. And then six months from now, no one is really talking about how to get chases for Spider-Man, right? It's all kind of an afterthought. It's all kind of like no one's really asking for that. That's not something that's on people's minds. So if I open a trade no. thread or I try to ask people, hey, are you thinking about trading your slingers? They'll either say something like, yeah, well, maybe, but I'm waiting for the next set to come out. So hold on and we'll see if I need something from that. Or they say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I haven't updated or changed my have once list in a long time. That's old news. Sorry, I don't have any of those available. Like that That kind of seems – that. That definitely happens, but I do think that the Phoenix Five have more shelf life in terms of people's mm-hmm. interest, um, because I think no, the chases from Amazing Spider-Man they were you know they were fun, but none of them were game breaking, none of them were that powerful. Uh, they were kind of fun finesse pieces, depending on what they which ones you wanted. Uh, if you knew who the Slingers were, that you know could be cool, but really no one really cared. Even with the Teen Titans ones, um, you know they're Superboy Prime, but and Inertia, but really. There wasn't a lot of interest, and you never hear anyone talking. Are you able them. to go on in the background while we're talking and check and see either um, one of the online distributors what the price right now is for the Armored Spider-Man Chase? Because I remember that being like not coming down lower than forty for a while there. I wonder if it's retained any of its value. That was seemed to be the only one people were mentioning. It's got a pretty sculpt. It's it's its dial is acceptable. Um, Which armor? the Armored Spider? I'm sorry, the uh, Civil War. Oh, Civil War. Spider-Man. Yeah, the, the okay. Iron Spider. Because uh, gotcha. that one is one I have always kind of had my that's the, that is the one chase from that set that I had my eye on. I think a lot of people did. Um, if nothing else, maybe for the Michael Turner cover, maybe people didn't even read the character, but um, he looks neat. No, he looked really cool. And even though, really, I mean, when you're playing a game of miniatures, you'd like them to look somewhat action oriented. I'm of two minds on that. I agree for the most part, but then I think Forge looks pretty cool. I mean, Forge is just looking; he's standing at the ready. He's not really doing anything. He's not lunging. And then you got Cyclops and Superboy Prime. They're actually shooting beams out, and I kind of don't like that. No way. Kind of a bit too much, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Cyclops does look boring most of the time when he's just standing there. Unless he's constipated Infinity Challenge version. Oh, he is extremely He's, he's going for it, man. He's getting something going on there. He is doing something amazing. <laughs> well, something is being done to him. Really, yeah, we're not really sure what that is. Yeah. But, um, I've always liked that uh, gene, though. That was a cool gene. Which one? The Infinity Challenge one. You mean the right. one that we basically have again now? Yeah, I know, exactly. But her hair is all wild, and she was all getting into it, and 
disproportioned body, but it was fun. It was she was cool. She was much better looking than you know I don't know Boomerang. I can't believe that they bothered making basically the same dial as they did for DC uh, sorry Marvel that's, Ten that, again. That has to be the dial that like one of the guys, Justin Zaran has his four year old and is just like, look, Dad, can I do something for the? And he's like, Yeah, you can design this dial, little Billy. And Billy's like, Okay, I'll put one power on. Okay, two powers. And he's like, brilliant, great. And what should she look like? And the kid just clicks on a file where the old dials were and says, this one? Great. <laughs> That's you, you picked it. That's your dial. Like, it could have easily have just looked like Nightcrawler. Yeah. It could have been random. Who knows? Because no one put any time or thought into it. No, they really didn't. Especially because it's interesting when the gravity feed is so much better. Yeah, yeah, that's a proper gene. Like, it's really she's an aggressive. amazing piece. It's sad yeah. that the one that you have that is the switch click that you may maybe use with the X Men Gold isn't meant to isn't really good at all. Um, and then I feel the same way you mentioned on the podcast about, um, um, oh gosh, Megan. Mm. Megan's it's just for ninety points. She she can't she can't compare to any other figure on that point point in the game right now. There are a lot of characters like Silver Samurai is a hundred points. She's ten points more. All she can do is fly and flurry and die. <laughs> if she's lucky, she might get a shape change, but she's just it's so I'm so sad. Makes no. me very unhappy. And then you get these unbalanced pieces like Spiral, who are only you know 16 points more, and they just wreck the game. I don't know. I don't want to talk about balancing issues. That's been a whole thing on the realms for for, for months. Okay. Well, let's go to back to the Amazing Spider-Man chases for a second. Okay. Uh, so these this the Spider-Man armor, like the classic silver armor, is still going for twenty eight forty nine on oh, okay. Troll and Toad. Uh, the kind of uh, the bulletproof armor Spider-Man is twenty four ninety nine. The ends of the earth one is twenty nine ninety nine, and it looks like they don't actually have the other one in stock. Hmm. So I, I don't even know how much it goes for. Okay, but it okay. But, just wondering, just uh, whatever. I mean, I know Ghost Rider is the is the thing from that set. That is the one that every competitive player needs to have, yeah. because if you don't, then you can't team him up with Spiral and a Scarlet Witch, which is what everyone wants. Yeah, I'm so I'm so not a competitive player. I, I play to have fun. Like I go to tournaments and I have a good time, and I'll, I'll be a little competitive. But there was like I remember a three or four year stretch where I was extremely competitive, and uh, I don't want to go back to that. I mean. I just I don't have it in me to be that big of a dick, and there's more and more sets that are designed or these pieces uh, that are just a, a new way to be an asshole uh, mm. in the game. And I, a lot of people are like saying like you know spiral breaks the game. I'm like no, it's just another piece that further fractures the game. There are already enough things that have come out in the last year: uh, gauntlets, uh, belts, um, you know, all, uh, vehicles, vehicles, team yeah. bases. All these other things are so much worse. Uh, yes, Spiral compounds it a little, but she is not the worst thing to come out. So I, it just bugs me because, especially because at the end of the day, she's so accurate. Well, with the exception of the fact that her portals in the cartoons, or at least in the comics, also always close behind her. She can't keep them open very long. No, and the X Men are always like dive through quickly because it's closing. And of course, enemies and and allies can also travel back and forth through the portals. So that is the odd thing about them, but they don't close, they just remain, and no, it's only one way. Mm. Actually, only one way for... No, it's not one way, it's only applicable for your allies. They can go back and forth. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, you're right, it is accurate, but I mean, all they have to do is add that one restriction, like line of fire. It doesn't even have to be line of sight, I mean, sorry, it doesn't have to be um, range. It could just be line of fire, and then all that has to happen is you pick a map with a wall in front of your team, and that's it. That's all she can do. Mm-hmm. But... Whatever it is, what it is. I mean, everyone was hoping that it'd be an errata and a change, and, and WizKids is, is historically 
um, infamous for for not making those decisions or making those changes. I was talking with Adam, uh, Adam with Tom and uh, Amber during uh, after the game on Wednesday, and he was mentioning the same thing. He's like, "Look, Wizards of the Coast makes changes. They they come and they ban pieces, or they will make a, a post errata, or they'll make whatever changes are needed for the balance of the game." Wizards has kind of always said, "No, we put it out there." We'll never say it was a mistake. We'll never admit that maybe it, there should be changes made to it. They'll just retire it. They'll retire it early. Um, yeah. I mean, the only erratas that really happen are just clarifications or, oh, we're sorry about the Battle Fury on the Mighty Thor. We'll take that one off. Sorry about that. But other than that, it's just kind of – there's no mea culpa. It's all just, well, you guys are kind of stupid for, for saying that, right? You shouldn't. We're, we're in charge here, which mm. – I don't know if that improves uh, relations with the fans, but probably not. I also don't understand how it saves any face. I don't, I don't understand that. But I, I would be more than happy for them to say, "Look, we're making a new card for her." We understand some of you like to have the original card. Collectors should keep the original card because that's a collectible card. However, the card is being retired. The character will remain, and the card will be reprinted. You can print and play the new card. No one should be playing her with the old card, and that's it. Right, I'd be okay with that. Sure, and then all you have to do is keep bring your iPhone or bring a printout of it. If anyone has any questions about the new text, um, I know that it's a slippery slope. I know that most people will start complaining about, well, what about this character? Change this character's card. Change this special power. If you do it with one, people will want it with all the others. Right, but I think if they do it with just this one, I know I know what I'm saying. I know what's going to happen. But Pandora's box and all that. But I think if they could keep it to just this one or ones that are very problematic. The game could be salvaged a bit in terms of its um, pace, in terms of its content, in terms of its length. In a few years, she'll be out of the tournament play, and we could forget about it. Yeah, I mean, I, that's just. I mean, at the end of the day, like I guess I can say that because I'm not super competitive. I'm not going to be going to worlds. I'm not going to be you know facing a team of Spiral and Ghost Rider and Heroes for Hire. I mean, all. The, I mean, on that kind of team, everything on that team is what's broken with the game. Or, like, these characters, this character who's amazing, but pair him with the team building, which is even more amazing now, pair him with Spiral, who's, you know, also crazy, and then, I don't know, what else to put on there? Scarlet Witch, who was probably broken when she was first created as well, so, Mm. I mean, I mean, at that point, everything about your team is more or less broken, or something that's broken the game. Who cares about, you know, one other piece? Because the rest of the game is already is already broken. There's already team bases. Like I just feel like who cares? It's another thing that breaks the game further. Whatever. Or they can you make know? a counterweight. They can make a counterbalance. I mean, I forget who it was early on in the thread about Spiral said, "Just wait." I think it may have been Chris Dosmill. I don't remember. Um, just wait, and you'll see that Mojo may might just have an ability that says characters cannot be given double power actions. That would solve it. You know what I mean? So they could, in the Batman set, for goodness sake, they could just have Joker as, um, they have a power like that. So that means everybody has to buy that Batman set now. So it'll increase sales of another set because it's a counterbalance. Yeah. Um, And if it's a cheap enough character or if it's a reasonable enough character, it'll show up on enough teams that no one's going to take a risk with Spiral. And then the metagame gets really interesting because people are like, do I risk Spiral? Because if I put her on my team and someone brings that counterbalance, I she's just going to be a regular character now. To be fair, she's an awesome regular character. She you, is. Yeah. You could cancel out that trade, and she's still amazing. So maybe not. Maybe that is what they plan to do. Maybe that's their solution. It's interesting too because I mean, if you, it wasn't that long ago that Kid Zoom was wrecking wrecking uh, people's plans because everyone, every team had a hypersonic speeder. Especially when you had all these really big figures coming out with hypersonic speed. So you put Kid Zoom in your team, and then no one else could use hypersonic. And, right, and it's the same thing with um, Constantine, right, and probability control. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
And isn't there some? Uh, now, isn't there some girl? I forget which set it was now. Who I think it's in DC that uh, Mystics ended up working against the other person. Yeah, we we talked about it. It's what's uh, the sister of um, the big guy Mon- Mon- Monolith or whatever his name is. Or oh, it's uh, Mammoth and Mammoth Shimmer, and Shimmer. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so I mean they, they they do come up with these pieces. So eventually, there's a counterbalance of some kind. Um, now, have you speaking of Mystics? Have you been looking at um, Shadow King? I have not. No, the threads for him. Okay, so if you have his card available, just have it have it out because you may have to, you may have to correct me or clarify some things. Essentially, the idea being his his psionic being power, his defense power, mm-hmm. um, lets him if you're if he's adjacent to the character attacking him, they he ignores everything but one damage. Correct. Okay. Period. End of clause. Next clause or next statement. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime he takes... Read, read the second one for me. When Shadow King is dealt damage, after actions resolve, roll a d6. On a result of 3 to 6, heal him of 1 damage. Right. So he has a he has a 3 to 6 chance? A 3 to 6 or 4 to 6? 3 to 6. Yeah, so um, 2 thirds chance of healing 1 back. So if he's adjacent to a character that hits him, he ignores everything and takes 1. He could easily heal that 1 back. Yes. Awesome. It's just when he takes damage, not from an attack... So pushing damage, yeah. mystics damage, all damage dealt him, poison damage. Anytime he takes damage, when the actions resolve, he rolls. Interesting. And it was it was clarified by normal view in the thread. Someone said, "Well, yeah, but pushing damage is applied after the action resolves, so uh, that wouldn't that wouldn't happen." And normal view clarifies and says, "No, pushing damage works during the phase of the resolution. It says as actions resolve, you push damage. It's not at the resolution of the action." So. Um, it'll still kick in. Pushing damage will still click him and hurt him before technically an action's been resolved. Interesting. So he can heal back from that. That's pretty dirty. Yes. So you keep him... You, he has phasing, so you keep him next to the enemy. Mm-hmm. They can't outwit him unless they have mind control, and they just can't really hurt him unless they have, I suppose, Psychic Blast. I mean, not Psychic Blast, Pulse Wave. So he's quite a figure when you really read him. Yeah, well, I think a lot of these characters are more than they they may at first appear. Mm-hmm. Which is and some are less, some are much less, like Captain Britain <laughs> or even Megan. Like the, you, you yeah. think that might be something. Whereas, as I said on the podcast, like I don't think Mojo is particularly good, but he's mm-hmm. annoying as hell. He's great for what he needs to be, and in a multiplayer game, he's even better. Actually, in a lot of ways. And you weren't, and, and you weren't even using all his powers. You weren't using the one power. What is it? Smile on camera. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, no, that that one I was using. It was the everyone places on the set. Where I can, yeah, where he forces you to move or not move in his rural column or adjacent yeah. to him, which I thought would be an interesting thing to do if you had a turn before spiral, but it, it wouldn't really work mm. because I thought you could maybe position him so that you can't enter the column or row where she's placed her portal. But again, the problem is that spiral can do that, and then people could run through on the same yeah. turn. Well, and plus, Mojo has to be able to see the character to do it. Has to be. Oh, does he? Wait, wait. What about this? What about this? Um, he has to he has to see the character to identify them for the action for the for reaction or does he have to be able to see them for them to not move into his row? Uh, give Mojo a free action and choose an opposing character within range and line of fire. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. That character can't move adjacent to Mojo or into either the row or column Mojo occupies Be- until the next turn. Because I was thinking if you could just pick someone on the board like Craven does. Um, and then say this person can't move into my row or column, and you position Mojo in front of the portal. They couldn't walk through the portal because they couldn't enter a square in his column. And once they come, if they were to enter the portal, they would have to move into a square that was in his column. Interesting. 
but that doesn't work. Interesting, but flawed. Yeah, flawed, but it is interesting for sure. <laughs> we're we're all, all right. grasping at straws. We're all looking for ways, aren't we? It's true. Now, I, I was I was just kind of looking at all my character cards here, and I'm thinking, like, for the most part, I think this is one of the most solid sets in terms of just not having very many duds, especially if you just look at the, the base CUR, because obviously the team bases are extra characters, really. That didn't exist before team bases were in the game. Mm-hmm. So if you just look at like the base, you know, CUR and SR, or and I guess even chases as well. There's really no, there's only maybe a couple where you could actually say they were kind of not good <laughs> hmm. or just kind of useless. And I don't know if you agree. Um, I I think that's fair. I mean, old dudes' um, articles about the different characters where he ranks them for sealed. It, it is only for sealed, so it's not necessarily. I still disagreed um, with a lot of his rankings. That's, that's fine, but I mean, for the most part, I can see where he's coming from, even if I don't agree. And so characters like um, Hope will be scored low, because they have to be, because she's dependent on who's on the team. Yeah. Um, Layla Miller was scored low. He kind of said, look, I'm sure people will figure out how to use her, but she's not the most effective, and that's fine. But they're both very neat characters. I think they're very interesting, and especially with um, Layla. I think there was a lot of time and tension put into her dial. And I appreciate that, and so I that to me is not a dud. That to, even if she's not a powerhouse, that to me is a is a really fun, interesting character who's included. So I would agree with that. Um, I will. I probably would never use Legacy, but I think he's cool in the way they they created him. Do you mean Legion? I meant Legion. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to use him all the time. Yeah, I know you do. You just love David. I just think he'd be awesome, and I don't. I don't even care. Like I just. I just want to throw him on teams and see what happens. Well, and there were, I mean, there were a lot of characters I wanted to use for our game on Wednesday, but there's only so many you can use, and I was just like, look, even the Wolverine, number one Wolverine, I kind of want to see how he'll play. There's been a lot of people postulating how he'll play, and oh, I, the, I printed the dial out, I've tested him, and all that stuff, but I just wanted to see in real pr- practice, when you, he heals every turn, if he starts healing into those invincible clicks, you know, it could really piss a lot of people off. Um, but, well, again, I'll have to wait and see. Uh, I uh- wish I was in a position to play more, but... One character I made a lot of fun of before, and now that I have him, I want to use him so bad, and I don't know why, is uh, is the Magneto. Oh, the rookie? Yeah. Well, that free Force Blast is awesome. I know, I just, I don't know why I want to use him, and I feel like once I use him once, he'll get his ass kicked, and then I'll be like, that's why I didn't want to use him. Yeah, but he's 65 points, who cares? Yeah, just, I don't know, I'm, for some reason I'm, I'm kind of excited about using him, and I can't really justify why. I, I hate that sculpt. I know. I love the Hellfire sculpts. You're right. You were mentioning, I don't remember if it was in real life or on the podcast, how they just look cool together. Um, seeing them lined up there next to each other with, you know, Leland and, and everyone else you can throw in there would just look so cool. And then the Hellfire guard, actual guards as well, right? Mm, yeah. The only problem is I have this weird thing where I don't like to play figures before the team, uh, before the bases switch to the Hulk and Superman bases, the Oreo bases. Oh. I don't like pre- playing pre-characters with those ones because they're shorter. I, I know. It's just a thing I have. I feel that way about it. Um, I do I, it sometimes, but I feel dirty. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I, but, I I guess I get it, but it's, it is kind of strange. But Leland is great, and I do want to play him with him. So I'm super glad that Black King and White King were released regular in the set, and they're easy to get, because I, I love those guys, and I can't wait to play them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't wait to use them together. I mean, I it should be an interesting team. It's too bad that the Emma is not the greatest Emma. Kind of the worst since clobbering time. Yeah, I wasn't going to go that far, but yeah. Well, I mean, what is she? She starts with like a click of psychic blast and then no movement powers. Fine, okay, I can handle that, but give me something else. And then you push her into a running shot kind of thing. Mm. And she's already really cheap. I mean, it's the sculpt's fine, but uh, there's nothing wrong with the Marvel 10 anniversary one. No. Uh, the rookie, the rookie. so use that. One thing I'm a little disappointed in, I was just actually doing some calculations to see... 
uh, how many points a Great Lake Avengers team equals. It's only 259. Nice. Uh, with all the GLA that we've had so far. Yeah. Not I including Deadpool, of course. I wish it was a little closer to 300. Well, here's the thing. It's interesting that Mockingbird didn't get the keyword, although she definitely was part of the team. And Hawkeye did. I feel like Hawkeye... No, it wouldn't be. I was Are you think... including Squirrel on this on, on the team? I was Squirtle. Okay, um, that's. I mean, are we done? Is there anyone else? We have Dinosaur. No, we I think the... that's it. Actually, if you take off Squirtle Girl, gra- what about Grasshopper? Uh, they did not make him, and I don't want him. Mm, oh well, he actually, could be. He could be actually, thirty points. You know, what? I take it back. If you were just looking at classic, um, classic Great Lake Avengers, and take off. Squirrel Girl, and you okay. add on Hawkeye, it's 298 points. There you go. Look how happy you are. Um, I Actually, I really want to use that so badly right now. <laughs> it's so terrible. Mr. Immortal can only be effective on... I don't know. He's a, he's a great joke character. Um, but you, I kind of want to go to a, a tournament team. now. I want to go to a tournament just to use this team. All right. I it remember you get... using him against me, and I was really frustrated, but I had a really crap team, so that's why it worked. Oh, yeah. No, I kind of want to go to a tournament and get my ass kicked just so I can use the Great Lake Avengers. That's a pretty good fellowship-worthy prize. Uh, right well, there. I don't want... I, I, I would hate for people to think that I was, you know, trolling for fellowship. I just really want to use the GLA. And obviously, no, I know you don't. Yeah. Hawkeye's awesome, so at least, you know, there's one really great character on that team. You could ruin it and play the... Oh, it wouldn't be theme team, but I was going to say you could play the, <laughs> the Fear Itself version, but that would be stupid. Uh, actually, he has the keyword. Does he? Yeah. That's stupid. But he would make the team not balanced. And I don't want to use him. I want to use the classic Hawkeye, the, the one... Who should be on the team? Can I mod one for you and uh, cut the cow down so he has blonde hair coming out? Oh my god! So it's like a Thunderbolt explosion. <laughs> so and then well, I'll do the whole costume. I'll give you the the sweet little crossing costume. Oh, that'd be nice. No, you don't want that. <laughs> it's actually I don't mind it as a costume. <laughs> it's not the worst. I'll agree, but it's not the greatest. It's definitely better than Blade's original costume. That's got to be one of the worst I've ever seen. Uh yeah. When they put that in Ultimate Alliance, what one? Yeah, they did. And you're like, oh man, what is that thing? Never, yeah. Uh, a few other bad ones that I never want to see in a clicks uh, figure would be Sh- uh, Shadowcat when she was Sprite. Some of her Sprite costumes are horrible. Oh, they're pretty atrocious. Or actually, Roller, a lot skates. of Wasp costumes I'd rather not see. Oh yeah, for sure. Wasp is terrible for that. Um, you know, I kind of... Did they ever make... I don't think they ever did make a Warbird with her with the, fl- the weird jacket. With the one from Red Zone? Yeah. That's the one you're talking about? Yeah, that's the one. Um, I would like that. That'd be kind of cool. They did a lot of the same costume for her. That kind of... The the Warbird version. Not the Warbird. The Ms. Marvel kind of version um, that became known as Warbirds later on. That, that's the one I stuck with. Uh, and I I don't care for that very much. I really like the new one. I'm excited for a new Captain Marvel costume. That'd be good to see in the game. Hopefully they'll give her a dial that's decent. That's better than the scroll version of herself. They're having some... They have a lot of problems doing that. Doing and, what? Uh, giving her a good dial. Yeah, seems to be. I mean, I don't mind the, the, the Secret Evasion one. She's not bad. She has Indomitable. She has Hypersonic. She has. She can shoot. She shouldn't really have Indomitable, though. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Pretty sure she was dominated by Marcus. <laughs> oh, no. That's a little insensitive uh, un- 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 there. Yeah, I feel, I feel a little dirty after saying that, actually. Yeah. Because it was basically um, rape in a comic book, so... I wish I could edit that out, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, well... Um, but what about the new one? The one that's kind of amped up and really adopted the mantle of Captain Marvel? That might be a slightly more... Um, appropriate candidate for the Indomitable, but perhaps, but not really quite. Sh- not, especially now that she's got like you know, I got cancer or something. Does she? Uh, maybe not cancer, but she was, she has some sort of de- uh, de- degenerative disease, and if she uses her, if she flies, it gets worse. Hmm. So for a while, she was having like a hover bike 
because if she was if she was to fly, it would get worse, and she'd start to I, die. I only have the first volume, and I will be getting the second volume. But now I'm wonder, worried whether I, you know, wondering whether or not I should bother. But yeah, I, will, I won't check it out. I do are, seem to enjoy it. Are there any other characters in this set who you're just really excited about using that you don't quite know why? Uh, there are some that I know exactly why. That I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. Because um, there's some like I'm looking at them like I I'm really excited about using some of these characters, and I. I don't even necessarily like them as characters. I just can't wait to use them. I enjoy a lot of them. I mean, a strong guy. I really want to see him being played. I, I enjoy him. Sauron. I can't. I mean, everyone I think about, yeah. for the most part, you said there aren't really duds. I don't really care for Quentin Quire. I'm not really going to play him. Yeah, I don't um, really care as much. Um, uh, I am I really think. excited about using Bishop. Oh yeah, Bishop looks awesome. I know that old dude said yeah, he's he's kind of fragile, which maybe he is, but I want to actually see him in play and then decide for myself. He looks awesome. Just looking at, uh, I mean, something I have said in the past on the show, I mean, I I love character cards just because I love all the things they come up with and how they, like, what they decide mm-hmm. on the powers are going to represent. And for me, that's part of the fun. Yeah, no, the names of them and the creativity they, they put into it. And this bishop is pretty much as accurate as I think you can get. I agree. With maybe the exception of Indom, I don't understand. Maybe because he's really tenacious and he's traveling into the past and he's working really hard. Although he didn't really work very hard. He came to the mansion and then he sat around while the other X-Men played basketball and then flirted with each other in the pool and yep. took skin, you know, dipped with each other and then like someone threw a pie, Gambit threw a pie and it hit him and he got angry. Like that was <laughs> kind of what Bishop, you remember you know what I'm talking about? Oh, totally. That's what, that's what Bishop did for the first part. And There's then, a reason why I haven't bought that hardcover. <laughs> and then Fitzroy came back and they're like, oh, Let's, let's take care of this business. And then he sat around for a while and like schmoozed with Deathbird and all this other stuff. Well, you, you did kind of flash over that. There the was onslaught some, thing? Well, before that, there was some really good stuff back with uh, him and Gambit uh, in the X-Babies issue when they go into like a club together. And yeah, Gambit's like, you need to relax. And he's like, I don't, I don't relax. Or when they're cruising around just doing a patrol. Because they did patrols back in the day. Remember those days? Yeah, and, well, because there was the a juggernaut. camera out and the Juggernaut got That's them. right. And Juggernaut comes out to uh, talk to Gene and... Um, smashes them and like patrols. Imagine that. The X Men never patrol. They don't do that anymore. They're just, I don't know, running around Utopia. Wouldn't that be cool if they had like these random patrols? A little bit, it just, yeah. It was kind of almost like as simplified as G.I. Joe or Thundercats or any of these other kid cartoons we used to watch. And the writers didn't know how to get conflict to happen. So they had to make up these terms and just say, well, Lion Ho is on patrol today. And he's walking around, and he meets a robo-bear. And we're like, okay, that sounds good. And we're little kids, right? Yeah, of and they course. they throwing terms at us, like, take evasive action and stuff. And Amber, since she was, you know, till the age of, like, eight, she thought, they said, take a base of action. Find a base <laughs> that has action and take that. Um, these words that these go over these little kids' heads. So to little kids, I would always reenact these things with my toys. I would. What else could I do? I would take my X-Men or I'd take my G.I. Joes, and I would go, I guess we're going to go on patrol now. Interesting. Because that's what they do on TV. You know, that's what they do in the comics. Yeah, well, they did that in uh, Onslaught X-Men. I mean, they had yes, to... Yes, they did. They had to try and find uh, uh, Juggernaut. Wait, yep. no. That's the wrong issue. Oh, I know. There is one episode... There I'm is thinking an issue of X-Men where they're looking 54. For. Which one's that? That's the one where we find out that it's Xavier. Because they they spread out because they know yeah, that he's they in spread, the Yeah, they fan out to try to find him. And then there's also the one um, where the Avengers come to warn them because Nate Gray is in the Blackbird, or not the Quinjet. Yeah, Uncanny X-Men and, 335. And he sees Gene and he's just freaking out and thinks it's Maddie. And then Quicksilver kind of runs out and they have this quick little squabble and fight. And then they meet in the war room and they have a chat about it. And they're always fanning out. They're always like looking for trouble, you know? Yeah, That's not oh, sure. kind of what happens anymore. No, not anymore at all. Yeah. It's and they always strike sad. a pose, too, when they do that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we do love posing in comics, don't we? 
the first um, issue of Omega Red when they go into that break into that base um, and they're all kind of like lurking behind the around the, in in the corridors together uh, with the early X Men Blue team. I'm just like, look at how awesome they look. They're not doing anything, but they're just like lingering. Mm. Actually, it. one team I would like to field. I don't know how many points it would be. I think it's too much, but I would like to field uh, the new Cyclops, uh, the Gravity Feed Jean Grey, and Strife. Oh no. Actually, where's Cable? Where's where Cable? Why didn't we get a new Cable in the set? It would be nice. We haven't had a real Cable. I don't. I'm not going to count a special LE that was only available um, when he was pulled off the team, uh, the the dual dial. I want to have a real, uh, real Cable. We haven't had one really. I mean, it'd be nice. If this would have been the set to do it. If you're giving us Cable and you know Bishop together in the same set, would be wonderful. Well, and plus Cable's daughter. <laughs> yeah, she's in there. That would also make sense. And too. yeah, we haven't actually had a, like a, just a regular set version of him since Mutant Mayhem. Yeah. And back when his vet was Soldier X. Ugh. I did love that rookie, though. He's a phase in and outwit. That was that was a great figure. No, he was. I yeah. actually I actually didn't mind the vet, either. Yeah? I couldn't play him. His name's wrong. Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Uh, the th- you know what? But sometimes you do what you have to do in order to play with that character, no matter how it comes. Well, the Ellie was very similar to Soldier X, and he was called Nathaniel Summers. So that was the one I played. That was the best one if you're going to go high. I never had that one. I was so jealous of people who did. Oh, do you want it? Do you still have him? I think I might. Ooh, you're hearing you're hearing a, a deal <laughs> form right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll throw that one there as a bonus for that awesome deal you gave me earlier. I'll take it. All right. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I would totally. Do I never had uh, never had Nathaniel Summers and I never had Alex Summers, but everyone else did. I think I might have Alex also, but wow. I think I may have modded him. Although I do have a Summers brother that most people don't have. I have Major Christopher Summers. <laughs> Oh, I have him also. He's actually a pretty good figure. He's actually really good. I don't even Doesn't know where it? mine is, but he's actually... Willpower pretty... and range combat expert, I think, right? He's actually better now because now that they made the changes to range combat expert. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that was also a figure we're missing. We, we've had the, all the Star Jammers except for a proper Christopher. Because That's every other Star Jammer has a playable version, don't they? I think so. No, Heba doesn't. Ah, uh, yeah, she doesn't. No, you're right. Raza does, though. That... And Raza does and Chaad has, so... Um, we're waiting for another Chris. And you would figure in a set where it has both of his other sons, and we've already had a Gabriel in the last X-Men set that throws a Christopher. Yeah, you'd think so, but... No, uh, M. Crumb Crystal we have. We don't have um, Deken, which would have been great to have, instead of his, his sister again. Yeah, that actually would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. Now, yeah. Now I'm all sad for what didn't happen. Can you imagine if the Imperial Guard were protecting him instead of her? That'd be great. We already have her. Give us a Deken. Yeah, although the new one of her is pretty awesome. Uh, I, I, she does have an amazing ability to call back the members of the Imperial Guard, which is really great. But um, I would, I, I, why not just give him the same ability? Because they were sworn to protect him too. Yeah, they were. I'm actually. Uh, I think Lalandra is a character who I didn't really care to get, and now that I have her, cannot wait to use her. Well, now you kind of have to put some effort into getting the Imperial Guard because they play so well together. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Could I just use a lot of Shi'ar instead? Well, I mean, you do. I mean, I guess you have the few guards that are in the set, which is what Oracle and um, Smasher, who else? Uh, Warstar's War an SR, I but I don't know who... Anyway. I do have him. There's Oracle, Starbolt, Starbolt okay. Smasher, and Warstar. And then the ones I don't have are Gladiator, Manta, and Hussar. Who I don't think are that important because they're not... Hussar is the only one I could actually legitimately know the name of. I don't know who Manta is. I've seen the Manta before on the cartoon. I barely even remember Starbolt. I only remember Oracle because she was on the X-Men animated series because she was abducted by Apocalypse during the Beyond Good and Evil. 
Yes, she was. You better believe she was, along with Typhoid Mary, if you look careful enough. That's the only reason I knew she was a telepath. <laughs> because they were abducting telepaths, like, for years. Isn't, the only reason I knew isn't, that was her power. Isn't Gargoyle in there, that. too? One of those containers? Uh, or the, Gremlin, uh, the, the Gremlin? I don't know if he was I in think, there. I think, they, I think he is. The Gremlin, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't really care enough about the Shira and Pill Guard. I feel like... Not enough people care about them to even care about getting them, so they might be an easier teammates to get. That's my hope, because I actually do want them eventually. I didn't want them, like, earlier to trade with Leon, because there's not, it's not a priority. But once I get my Phoenix 5, I'd like to have them. I do think Gladiator is friggin' awesome. Oh, he is. And at both levels, too. Like, he's very playable at either level. Uh, I do like my Galactic Guardians one, the Gravi- um, Fast Forces one, but... Um, I do prefer this one in a lot of ways, just because... Running shot. Everyone knows, running shot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we know that also the guard were were kind of created off of uh, Legion of Superheroes. They were kind of yes. a mimic. So like Gladiator is Superman, and Starbolt mm-hmm. is Starboy. Is that right? Sunboy maybe. Sun Sunboy Sunboy. Sun I don't Boy. know the names of the Legion. Okay, so Oracle would be who? Ooh, uh, who's the telepath? Saturn Girl. Saturn Girl's a telepath. Yes, she is. Okay, what uh, what else can you tell me? What about Warstar, the big robotic guy? Is there any kind of robotic characters besides Bra- Brainiac? Dad, I don't know enough about the Legion. Would Brainiac count, maybe? No, I don't think he he's not really robotic. I actually, I cannot wait to use Warstar. I'm really sad mine got broken, but he his his powers to use uh, his little buddy are amazing. That's an easy glue. Like that, that's super easy to glue. That you'll be able to do that. Then you can glue it for oh, me. Then. A nice guy. See all the things that I do for you. Yeah, there are many things. <laughs> This is. Um, I'll gladly do it. I'm still not sure how I feel about Black Queen. Like I have her mainly to make the Hellfire Club work. She's a little tough to but, play. Yeah, but I do like that she can mind control and then suck energy. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's actually pretty awesome. Um, uh, actually, I just want to use Mojo again too. I kind of want to use that Mojo verse team all the yeah, time. Yeah, I want to trade my Mojo away now after that game. I got a bad taste in my mouth for Mojo. I don't want to use him. <laughs> oh, that's too. It's bad. okay. I don't like the sculpt. I think the sculpt's a huge disappointment for me. Uh, and mm, I do like I do want to use X-Men really badly too yeah you should use them that's the that's the perfect character to use the MCOM crystal you were talking about characters that do well when they click back to the end of their dial ooh they you're Nate right Nate Gray it's thematic and it's it's practical technically speaking he used a sliver to get yes, out he of did. his reality he, he rammed it into uh, Apocalypse no it was Onslaught uh, sorry a Holocaust did it was a Holocaust it was... I'm pretty sure at the end he kills Oh no! It's 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 Magnus who kills. Yeah, um, no, it's Holocaust. Apocalypse. He shoves into Holocaust and then blows him up, and that's how he sends both of them over to this world. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Where is uh, Holocaust these days? Well, it? I know because no one knew that he was there for years, and then they just like here's an here's an issue where they're in space with Exodus, and all of a sudden Holocaust is there. It was it was, it was years later. It wasn't even like as immediate as Sugar Man. Who's no no? Like, it was immediate. It was the next month. Was it the next month? It was the next. I month. have that issue, but I recall it being very no, no. distant. In X Men Prime, they. They found like th- there's a discussion that there's something out there, and then in the X Men issue that came out that month, uh, it basically starts the fall of Avalon because so so yeah that's that's the issue, and there's that... so they just they just pay a little bit of lip service to it and then never mention it again. Uh, toward, what Holocaust doing Holocaust? What? Well, no, Holocaust cause... existing. No, no, because then he fought X Men and he was remember he was uh, he was uh, working for Onslaught for a while. Um, I do remember fighting X Men, but that was also very early. Everything after that, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing Holocaust again. Uh, Onslaught, yeah, he did work with Onslaught against Post with Post. See, there's okay. more than you realized. Yeah, if I guess I think about it, that is actually one of my favorite issues. I do really enjoy that issue of Avengers, where the Avengers take on Holocaust and Post. It's a stupid attack, a team, it's a stupid att- like a uh, fight. 
it's kind of silly. It's just like it's weird at '90s excess. But I I love how they go down to the sewers and they start helping people in the sewers and like uh, Thor puts his, his hammer to the the rail and empowers it to get people out of the sewer tunnels. And mm-hmm. it's just got a lot of hope and a lot of heart to it. And Cap is there and he's and people are looking at him going like, how can this man this save us or do anything for us? There's a god over here. There's these creatures that are just you know this guy has a, a giant cannon. He's frying people with it. The Sentinels have taken over the city, and Cap just steps up, and he shows them why he's the man he, you know. that That is an era of the 90s when everyone was very cynical about superheroes, and everything had to be dark and pouches. Yeah. And that was still a moment, a glimmer of the true Captain America in there. And he just returned from exile, and he just returned from this terrible storyline, and he was Cap, and it was awesome. He throws his shield against, I think, Holocaust, and says, like, you know, step back. I'm here to save these people. That was so cool. I remember just being really impressed with that. So that's a glimmer of light in the Onslaught storyline. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of light in that storyline. And there's a lot of terrible stuff, too, that just doesn't go anywhere. Well, you better uh, shut your mouth. <laughs> I think if you stick to the uh, the X-Men and Uncanny X-Men issues of Onslaught, you're fine. But once you start going off that path, you pick up those Hulk issues, and you're like, why? We read the Cable issue, and it's amazing. Cable's pretty cool. That is cool. But that's an issue of him just being awesome. Like, it doesn't really add a lot to the narrative. It's just like, hey, let's remind everyone why this guy is so cool. Well, it's also because it was, uh, wasn't it Churchill at that point? Yes, it was. So Churchill. Churchill just blew it out of the park. Like, he was an amazing illustrator. And he made Hulk and, first of all, he made Cable look huge. He did make Cable look huge. But no one cared because it looked so badass. <laughs> and, he, and he had his bike with his special bike cannon that he could use to shoot Hulk and a little bit silly, a little bit of excess stuff, but I mean it was cool when you're at the right age group, when you're 14. This is awesome. Oh, true. You don't see that on TV. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. It's I, we obviously grew up in that era, so we're a little blind. I, and but we're not blind by the return of Onslaught when Liefeld brings it back, you know, with Loeb and we're kind of like this is terrible. Why is this happening? Yeah, that wasn't um, We can't good. get back into it. No, I imagine there were people who were reading then in the 90s, in whatever it was, 95 or something? Yeah. 96, 97, who said that this is just garbage the same way that we look at the coming return of Onslaught and say this is this is pandering, this is not a story, this is terrible. And, I mean, to be fair, there are lots of other storylines since then where Marvel has had cool team-ups and fought villains that have been much better. Um, but I do remember the art fondly and the coloring, that early computer coloring and... The, the feeling of everything going wrong in the universe at the same time. And, of course, that famous scene of the of uh, the man waking up in bed next to his wife and opening the window, drawn by Ad- Andy Kubert, and seeing a sentinel face staring back at him, which, uh, that's, on, that's, that's X-Men, isn't it's it? It's X-Men that's, 55. 55? Yeah, okay, that's the one. That was part of Phase 1. It was really good. Was that the same issue where Doom saves uh, Joseph and Rogue? I believe that's, no, that's 56. That's the next one? Yeah. Okay, that was also awesome. I bought those all on newsstand. I, they're imprinted in my memory forever. X-Men 55 has that great uh, moment when you have all the heroes on top of the uh, Four oh, Fingers Plaza. Yeah. And Cap is standing there with this giant barrel chest, and, and the thing is next to him, I feel like and Reed Iron Man's smoking. on the other side. I know, it was, it was Ben having a stogie. Was it? Okay. I, I thought, yeah. I th- well, Reed used to smoke a pipe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that was not what he he was not lighting up the pipe on the on the on the on the roof of Four Freedoms Plaza. No, I guess not. It, it Remember was, what it used to be called that? It was yeah, I do. Well, because they had the Baxter Building, then the Baxter Building was gone, and then yeah. they had Four Freedoms Plaza, and then that was gone. I love Four Freedoms Plaza. I love the four fours. Yeah, it was really cool. And then they had really cool. uh, Pier Four. Yes, they did. And then the, then the Baxter Building eventually they got it back after the Thunderbolts were done. Because they rebuilt yes. it after Four Freedoms Plaza was, I think, destroyed by the Thunderbolts. Yeah, they blew it up. Oh, shit that happened in the 90s. 
I could I could just read those comics again over and over again because could you? It, well, it was my favorite era in a lot of ways. Like I know things got better uh, in terms of better written and I don't know necessarily better illustrated, but it just it takes me back to a sense of wonder back when comic books were still fresh and new for me. And these characters are still so exciting, and I had never seen, you know, Iceman and 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 uh, Human Torch next to each other. Oh yeah, and those word bubbles. I just love the flame bubbles for Johnny and the icy bubbles for Iceman. That is, those were really cool. I don't know why they went away from that. There was nothing wrong with it. There's, it was nothing wrong. Don't it wasn't broke. You should not fix that because no, I agree. And there's just a lot of stuff that like. Back in the day, again, I always harp on this, but I love narration bubbles. Um, the editor's notes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. I, I meant editor's yeah. notes. I love editor's notes because I love the sense of uh, the sense of continuity because continuity doesn't have to be a shackle. It can be a tool. It can be something to make you feel like everything matters in a way that it's not just you're uh, reading the screen. I, I completely agree, but at the same time, are, are we being a little bit idealistic about it? I mean, you did mention... It can't. It's not always a shackle. It can be freeing. It can be really inclusive. It can draw us in, and I completely agree with that. But the the nature of the corporation, the nature of serialized fiction, you you know as well as anyone how hard it has been for the editors of Marvel over the years since it expanded so much to keep everything in a continuity. Like it's just becomes so so time consuming that the amount of effort isn't worth the cost at some point. And they realized that and they said, look, we're even sacrificing stories to make sure that when Nova appears in this book, he doesn't appear in this other book. And I, I I remember that era. I remember what it was like to see those bubbles and to be, and that's what, that's one of the things that brought me into the Marvel universe. It really was that set it apart for me from any other media. And no one else has had that attention to detail that I can recall in any other form of media. No, you're right. Uh, for years and years and decades. And it's like the same books your dad could have read are things that could still be referenced in your day. That's mm-hmm. – Doctor Who doesn't even do that. No, they don't. Um, so, Actually, it's set, it's set up in such a way so that it doesn't happen. Right. Um, there are some other shows that attempt that, like Star Trek. But even Star Trek is younger than the Marvel Universe. So it was a cool era and I just I just – I know why they stopped it and I kind of don't care anymore now because they stopped it. But I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and it would have been nice if they had held to their guns. But I don't think there's any way to save it anymore. You can't you can't turn a generation on to that feeling of being included in the true history of the Marvel Universe because for the past 10 years, that hasn't really been the case. No, and well, also, I mean, I think part of that also is that it used to just be less titles. True, and, true. Uh, or maybe not, but like it just felt like there was less kind of... like there were, I, Titles had their own identities, and they did their own things, and they, they weren't always being part of giant crossovers. Um, and now we're just in an event-driven world where we're always getting from one status quo to the next. And that's just, like, I kind of stopped reading for a little while, or not reading, but, like, I was going to go to trade on some stuff. And then Marvel Now happened, and I'm like, I don't even feel the need to go back and, and buy the trades to finish off the runs I'd kind of eased off on. That's a first. Because who cares wow. anymore? I mean, they, they basically, they set it up, they have Marvel Now, that wipes, it doesn't wipe away what happened before, but it's a fresh new beginning, so I don't need to care about anything else. Right. That's kind of sad. It used to but just be one. But it isn't really, right? I mean, this isn't 52. This isn't a true new beginning. It is, it's it's as new of a beginning as Grant Morrison's X-Men, or as, you know, um, uh, Bruce Jones's Hulk, right? They just kind of said, everything is there. But we're just starting a fresh take. Which yes, but it also makes the other stuff. It doesn't feel as essential. I don't have to go back and read. Right, it, it doesn't. Because... And that's that's a conscious effort. They don't want it to be as essential because they want you to just feel like you can enter in and recommend this book to a new reader. 
And then if they get drawn into the universe, they're welcome to ask, what did happen to Betty before all this? And then you can go, okay, look, I have some back issues for you. But um, the, due to the fact that these are characters that are like fairy tale characters or mythological characters, we all know that this is our modern myth. This is our modern mythology. Modern uh, mythologies of ancient times were told and retold and changed, and they had newer versions. And Thor isn't always doesn't always get told the same way. His exploits um, in the same uh, in the same culture, like it changes from community to community and village to village. And sometimes Thor might have red hair, and sometimes he has a beard, and whatever. Um, I like that in a way that comics are these heroes, these characters have become so enduring in our culture that they can transcend even their own continuities and just say, okay, here is the ultimate version of Spider-Man. Here is the spectacular Spider-Man. And here is the amazing Spider-Man, but it's not your dad's amazing Spider-Man. It's it's different, but it's not better. It doesn't replace it. It doesn't say the old stuff's gone. It just says this is the newer one. And I used to fight that for the longest time, and I hated it, and I was really pissed at what they were trying to do editorially. And now I just, I, I, it makes me more relaxed. I felt before I had to be a historian and collect everything or I would miss out on these characters' lives and I wouldn't be able to get one of the references they made. And that terrified me. I wanted to know all the references. And now that the- I guess that's actually a bit, uh, you break up a good point because I, I liked being a historian. I mean, I mean, you, anyone who's listened to me even for five minutes knows that like I love that sense of history. Mm-hmm. That's what I loved about comics. I mean, that's what I love about medium that has been, I mean, in a much weirder way... I watch one soap opera now, and I like the sense of that there's a sense of things have happened, and and getting pieces of this 25 year continuity, I find that interesting mm-hmm. because comic books used to give me that, and now they don't in the same way. Like, I mean, Spider Man used to be the kind of the one bastion of they would reference old things, and I like the Spider Man kind of soap opera itself of it being this long, long, long running serial. And being able to kind of know what's been going on in that world. And then they keep, you know, mucking around and changing continuity, and then it's not the same. Well, they kind of have to, right? Because they paint themselves into a corner by saying, "What's well, this is drama, and the readers really like the drama, and it's, it's important to keep escalating that. So what can we do that's more dramatic than killing Gwen Stacy? That, well, I mean, we've already killed her dad, and that was a really emotional issue, and, and, and I think we can step it up. And so we're going to really pull the, uh, the tears of, uh, and jerk the tears of these readers, and we're going to kill her off, and we're going to make a huge kind of nemesis out of Green Goblin. They do it. Green Goblin also dies. Great. So now these characters are all dead. Uh, we want to bring them back 10 years later or 20 years later, or we want to keep using these stories, or we can't get rid of these intellectual properties. We want to reuse them and get milk them for more money. And so the corporate wheel turns again, or... A new editor-in-chief comes in and says, look, when I was 20, I read this story. I thought it was amazing. I think this generation should also read about the Green Goblin. And I'm not talking about Harry. And I'm not talking about Phil Urich. Let's bring Norman back. And they do. And they think, look, you know what? This is what the Marvel Universe needs. Remember those days when we had a a Norman Osborn? And then they kill him again. And then they kill Harry again. Or then they bring Harry back after Brand New Day. And then they don't really mention where he's been. And then they send him away again because they don't really have to do with him. Because they're just trying to recycle these characters and they can't let them go because they're corporate they're, they're, they're a property and they also can generate profits so yeah. they have to keep going forward they can never end and give a conclusion to anyone's life uh, jumping back on Phil York just for a moment um, a combo came out this week it was the new issue of Superior Spider-Man and uh, it was all about Phil York as the Hobgoblin and um, he takes on Spider-Man which Spider-Man basically Otto by Spider-Man mm. uh, outs Phil York as being the Hobgoblin and so everyone everyone knows his secret now. Anyways, it's just interesting because they actually had a, a panel where it was the media of the of 
of the Marvel Universe basically reacting to this news. And then they make mention of the fact that, you know, he used to be the, the Green Goblin. Did they? Yeah, Someone and it was actually it? used. And I'm like, that's that's kind of nice. He was he was briefly the heroic Green Goblin. Yeah. And then I forget which character, but one of the characters from the Loners was mentioned as well, uh, talking about, you know, he kind of was going off the rails at one point. Yeah, he was. He goes crazy in that. So, I, I, I again, that made me feel like, oh, there's that continuity I like. Speaking of continuity, didn't we start this talking about Heroclix and it's become a comic episode? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> People who've tuned in for con- for for Heroclix stuff are gonna be like, oh man. Uh, well, a brief diversion before we go back to our original topic, or at least wind it up, or whatever we want to do. Um, the Ultimate Universe appears like it might be ending. Um, they have <laughs> hunger going on right now, which I don't know if you know about. No, but I mean, Ultimatum was supposed to end the Ultimate Universe. In more so, uh, <laughs> hunger. Hunger is uh, the regular Galactus of the Six One Six is now in the Ultimate Universe. Mm. He has basically absorbed the Galactus uh, swarm into like almost like armor, mm-hmm. and now allowing him to hopefully feed better or more efficiently. Um, now there's been promos that uh, after Hunger, there's this Ultimate Comics Cataclysm, and it appears like one of the solicits mentioned that Miles Morales is headed to the regular Marvel Universe. Okay. How do you feel about that? Okay, fine. I mean, he's a cute character. I only have volume one of that story, but it's enjoyable. Um, I'm fine with it. Whatever. There's no Peter Parker, so I would. You know, in my position, I think Peter should have been allowed to rest and be with his Uncle Ben and be with Gwen and be happy um, with them, with his he family. Is. Well, he's not allowed to do that because he has to babysit Ock and watch Ock make moves on his girlfriend or not slash anymore. wife. Or he's got to come back to the Marvel Universe before the new movie comes out. So my That's feeling more likely. is yes. My my feeling is I would love if Miles came in and took over for Peter and they ended Peter, but they won't. No. Well, at least for now, Peter is gone. I mean, the ghost Peter's gone. For now, until he's needed to be come back and be another deus ex machina. I know. It's too bad, because I'm actually really liking Otto. I mean, they're painting it into a direction where, like, eventually they have to get rid of him. Because, like, Otto... It, 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 it does feel like Superior Spider-Man has become a comic where they're big... You know, the, the, the standard claim of everything you know is going to change. And it feels like every issue actually does change something in a big way. Uh, and they actually are building a tapestry where you're like, where could they possibly be going with this? Because the, it's not like they're just adhering to a simple status quo. They are changing it constantly. And I like that because it, it keeps you on your toes as a reader. After years of and, you know, ennui where things don't change um, or having promises of change but then going right back to it, at least for a little while it makes it more exciting. This is funny because weren't you just talking about how it was too much with the Marvel Universe? They keep changing the status quo too much and they'll let it sit and don't let it rest and now you're saying the opposite? <laughs> a little bit because it's, it's on a micro, it's a character. Uh-huh. It's not the universe as a whole. Like, this one character is going through development. Mm. And it, it, his role is changing a little bit in what he's doing in his approach. It doesn't feel too much because it's, it's, it's a, first of all, it's a microcosm. It's one character as opposed to a whole line. Uh, and so I think, and that to me is a big difference. I mean, you're allowed to change one character and, and let him develop. It's when you are doing it just for the sake of having an event come out. Superior Spider-Man is just kind of doing its thing. Whereas, you know, we have Infinity happening in the Marvel Universe. There's going to be Inhumanity afterwards. There's all this crap. And some of it's really good, but it's just more stuff. Now, speaking of Ultimate stuff, um, Ultimate uh, Mars Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man comes out in Amazing Spider-Man and is released as a hero click. He's the only Ultimate character released in Amazing Spider-Man. What was the last Ultimate character released before Miles Morales? 
Uh, I have no idea. Are you okay with them bringing more Heroclix from the Ultimate Universe, or would you like them to just kind of let that go? I would like them to let it go. Because we thought it was done a long time ago. Once they basically dropped the Ultimate's team ability and the X-Men team ability, Ultimate X-Men team ability, and said, okay, it's Avengers Initiative now. Yeah, I think the last time we saw it was probably in the Avengers set. Which is, yeah. what, five, six years ago now? Yeah. So. And at the time, it was still somewhat relevant, but now looking back, like I would never want there to be that much Ultimates content. I don't think no one cares. No, and plus, if they're going to go with alternate universes, I feel like they should do them as subsets or like um, like little ten, you know, gravity feeds. I'd rather have like an Age of Apocalypse. Oh, gravity I was about feed. to say the same thing. Everyone wants that. I, okay, everyone doesn't want it, but there, I think there are a significant amount of people that want it, and people who just like X Men who've never read or don't even know what the AOA is, they'll kind of go, "Well, okay, this is an interesting version of Nightcrawler, or well, we have that one now, but or Sun, Sunfire, or or Morph." Oh, Sunfire, just to look at him. Yeah. Oh, he's so cool looking. Um, you know, like it's interesting. Like I would, I would totally buy that. I mean, it doesn't need to be this sub theme. I mean, they they could do action packs again, or they could do this kind of stuff where you or like a starter, and, and and instead of it always being a movie starter or something weird, just give me a, a cool accessible starter with some characters that I really want. Well, the Batman set, the Batman TV set, uh, show set, isn't that kind of like a mini little? action pack it is but that I don't have any interest in at all no, yeah and then they have this um, Avengers vs. X-Men thing coming up and uh, the thought there is what? okay it's the new it's the new tournament kind of style themed event um, and they have the Phoenix Five out already who's left to release for that is that going to be a release they're going to have prizes aren't they and some people are thinking uh, Dark Phoenix a Cyclops might be in there and we'll get a few figures that we haven't had a chance to get is anyone really missing that they that we need I don't think so. We have hope. I guess we can't get Cable because he wasn't in that series. Maybe the new Nova? Like, it just seems like, why? We already kind of have everybody. That is a good point, and I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest. And they're going to have to do some kind of prize. Is, is anything like Fear Itself, or forget that, even like Batman or um, Infinity Gauntlet? They've uh, they've got to do something. So, and no thoughts on that, eh? Like, I don't even... I, I honestly don't know who they would do um, that would really be relevant. Uh, and actually, thinking about this being the Wolverine and the X-Men set, it should have just been called X-Men, because it doesn't really have any characters from Wolverine and the X-Men. No. You want to do it, has didn't a, you? Well, I didn't... Well, no. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I feel like like Rachel Summers, she's in Wolverine and the X-Men. Yes. But she's not not as the Phoenix, which yes. is the version we've and got. The, she's a much cuter version in Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. So like like there's just, her, yeah. And I would have liked to have more of the students. I would have loved to have a brew. Oh, I knew you were going to say brew. Of course. I mean, like, the, there are a lot of students that they could have made. There's the Five Lights. There's a lot of characters that would be more Wolverine and the X-Men. If you're actually going to call it that, I feel like it should feel more like that book. Mm. Um, whereas, really, what we got was X-Men from the 90s. Well, it's before, with Chaos War, it was originally supposed to be called the Mighty Avengers, and that would have been a fantastic title for it, because it was an Avengers set. And then someone, I don't know, at Marvel said, well, we have something called the Chaos War, and we would like the, to sell more copies of these in trade. How about you call it that? Like, I, I don't, can't think of any other reason for them to call it that except for marketing of another product associated with Marvel. You know? Yeah, I don't know. You know? And, and... Chaos War didn't really have that much of, a, of an impact. I don't think anyone really talked no, about it. No, no one just did. It kind of happened. Yes. And then it was over. Yes. Um, so it's not really a good event to be tied to or name something after. Whereas Secret Invasion was huge, plus it was timely. Because it was it was concurrent with the with the actual uh, comic. Yes. 
but even No Man's Land, DC is like, look, The Dark Knight Rises just came out. We're capitalizing on the storyline. We're reprinting these books about No Man's Land. They're coming out. Um, we have the novels as well, Greg, uh, Greg Becker's novels. We want to kind of cross promote these things so why don't you do an event about that and that seemed to kind of match up with the buying season in and around or after Christmas um, kind of picking up on the dovetails of that movie from that summer it was last summer wasn't it yeah it was uh, it was so that that seemed to make sense but um, again I, I, I mentioned this in the threads Marvel goes and does Chaos War and then when it comes for the Amazing Spider-Man they don't put um, a, um, a Superior Spider-Man in the set which is just like I don't care for the character but it seems to be a wasted opportunity for them to cross promote. Yeah, well, plus they didn't even give us a new Doctor Octopus, or even him in in one of that the suit from Ends of the Earth, or anything like nothing. That. Not even a mention of Doc Ock. They give us a great rem- remainder of the Sinister Six, and we get nothing for him. So um, it seems like a waste. And and I agree with you on Wolverine the X Men as well. Why don't you just promote your Marvel Now line with some of the characters from those books? Yeah, like that would be a great idea. Like, and I'm surprised that like you know the next event. Why can't we have something with Infinity? I mean, Infinity's going on. That's going to be a big event. I mean, there is an upcoming event with the Inhumans. Like, are they going to be... I I just feel like the more and more, like, the comic books are trying to be more tied into, thematically, into what the movies are going to be about. Mm. Why not do the same thing with Heroclix to tie into that as well? Mm. I mean, it it could be part of this great kind of cross-promotion marketing machine. And sometimes they get close to it, and then they'll back off, and they'll do things that don't make a lot of sense. Or things from a year or two ago, because right now we're going through Fear Itself, which, that's very timely. Good job, Marvel. And then... Yeah, it's like three years ago. Backing up into AVX, which should have been last year, but now it's this year. And it's like, so I guess that means the following year they have to do Hands of the Mandarin. Oh, God. As its own event. I would take it. You'd take it in a heartbeat. I'd love every moment of it. I'd love to have a U.S. agent in his weird costume from Forceworks. I'd love a Forceworks team base. Let's get that. We can get Contest of Champions going, or we can get Infinity Crusade, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Anything that's very timely. Yeah. Are you actually surprised they haven't made a Beyonder before? Yeah, I guess I guess so. We have a Zoran the Tester before Beyond, Beyonder. That surprised me a little bit. Um, yeah, because he... He's pretty, I mean, not maybe popular, but everyone knows the Beyond. We got close to it. With cos- oh, so. cosmically empowered Doom from um, Supernova. Yeah. That's a long time ago. It is, but that's as close as we got to it. But now we have the Beyonder empowered Doom, and we have the Silver Surfer empowered Doom. That's pretty cool. Plus, don't we have the Curse, who was, was he the one who was empowered by Beyonder? You mean Curse, Curse from Thor? Curse, Curse, yeah. Uh, was it? Was it, re- was it? Was it regular, or is it supposed to be him after he was empowered? I think I thought he was just empowered during that storyline. I thought beforehand he was he was empowered by magics. I can't remember now. Beyonder empowered a lot oh. of people. He did well. He kind of threw it around, and he then he dated Dazzler. And shoot, and he gave Daredevil his sight. Wouldn't you like to have that? A sighted Daredevil click. Uh, well, technically, Shield can do that too because there was actually a, a storyline where Shield gave him his sight back, then wiped his memory, and he thought he was someone else completely. I think you're just excited to have a click of Daredevil as Ben Affleck, and then getting the Batman version of Ben Affleck and have him to play on the same team. Can we, can we talk about that for just the a moment? The keyword could be um, poor castings. You know what? I'm actually okay with him being Batman, and I part of it. And I was reading a, a News Ram article, and. It, it reminded me of something, and I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, everyone thought Heath Ledger was going to suck as the Joker. I didn't. I was the only one, well, apparently. I thought, like, this is actually what we need. We need someone who's going to take the character in a different direction. I was very optimistic. You are the only person I, who thought I that. I don't understand why. I Whatever. I, I had pictured what I hoped he would do in my mind. 
and he actually portrayed well he, he superseded like he did better than what was portrayed in my mind but he that was the kind of Joker I had pictured I pictured like weirdly weird makeup kind of muted purples but nothing over the top and like stringy hair that was not was, like, was green but not dyed perfectly green you know just getting away from the horrible 60s kitschy um, campy uh, version and I was so happy that he, he just kind of exceeded my expectations so I guess I'm the outlier, but okay, fine. So everyone thought that was going to be bad, and then it was good. Um, people thought Ryan Reynolds might be good, and then that was a terrible movie. Maybe not Ryan's fault, but I understand that casting is in everything. But mm-hmm. I think that there's enough of um, a certain, I don't know, I wouldn't call it typecasting for Ben, but there is a certain amount of expectation associated with him. And there's he, he's not exactly been a, um, a mute member of the Hollywood community. I don't mean that he's not outspoken. I just mean that he's kind of been a little bit of a braggart or a little bit of a loudmouth at times. So I don't. I think that's gone away, though. I think that that he had his early, you know, early two thousands explosion as a as a leading man, mm-hmm. and then he kind of disappeared for a while, and then he kind of reinvented himself as this director, writer slash. And I think actor. that's the problem. He's not the actor he was anymore. He's maybe he's better, but he's a director. He's moved on. I don't think that that kids will see him as cool. I don't think that teenagers will know who he is, and I don't think that young adults or older adults that remember him from his earlier career will certainly necessarily like him for this role because they're used to him as from the Chasing Amy era, Dogma era, where he was just kind of a loudmouth and, you know, um, say things in interviews think... that offended people or pissed off people in Hollywood. So yeah. I don't, I don't know who he's appealing to as Batman. He's apparently got you. You're a fan. Uh, I I feel like he could do it. I mean, I first of all, I liked him as Daredevil. I didn't have a problem with him. I think I had a problem, uh, and then I watched it, and I I did get over that problem. Yes, I think he could. I think what I like about him is I think he can be serious. I think he could have the gravitas that we want from a slightly older Batman because I feel like he can't be year one Batman because he needs to be a Batman. Okay, who knows make him year three himself. Batman. He can't be. No, I don't want him to be year three. I want him to be year ten. He can't I want be cracking be... knees, Batman. Come on. I <laughs> I just want him to be able to take on. The Man of Steel, as presented in Man of Steel, like that, is a very powerful version of Superman who destroys cities with his fights. You need a Batman who can somehow be able to stand next to him, and he doesn't look like a wimp, or doesn't look like why would you even bother with him being there? And I think that he has the gravitas that he might be able to present that, but at the same time, having the charm to make the Bruce Wayne character work. I don't think I know the better casting choice. But I'm going to say I think there's a better casting choice out there, even if it's an older actor. They're welcome to pick an older actor, but I, I don't. Well, I don't see I him don't... as as Bruce Wayne, and it's harder to see him as Bruce Wayne after you've already seen him as Daredevil years ago. Anyway, I don't know. I don't think it is, but I I think I've seen enough of him. I think he has. He's really gone somewhere as an actor where he's able to actually. Uh, he's he's steer- I think it's interesting that he's actually taken on the role just because I feel like he's steered away from this kind of stuff. And now he's going right back into the zeitgeist. And, I mean, kudos for, for, for Warner Brothers. If you wanted people to really pay attention to what you're doing and you're already playing catch-up to Marvel, first of all, announcing Batman and Superman in one movie, that's a good first step. I mean, you're gonna, you got everyone's attention. Everyone's wondering who's going to be cast as Batman. You pick a controversial choice that no one's expecting. Um, you know, you have people interested. You have a lot of people saying, "Oh, I don't like this," and I want a petition to change it. But at least you have people talking. People care. Um, they may be worried about it and freaking out, but at least you got people. You interested. know what the other way to make people care is to make good movies. What? 
Yeah, well, that's part <laughs> of it. Start with that, guys. Don't. But you have to get people into the seats first. You have to make them interested to bring them into the theater. Then you make a good movie. But part of it is just getting them there. Getting them, I think that they'll get there because they because superhero movies are a thing. They're a genre now, and people watch the new superhero movies. And the title alone should be enough to get people interested. I don't know if Ben Affleck is necessarily going to grab them. And again, it depends on the demographic because certain age groups won't even know who this guy is, and so they don't care. Um, I think it's aimed. My parents don't know who Ben Affleck is. They don't care. I'm sure yours don't. Um, and my mom likes him. Does she? Uh, you, she does, does your dad know who he is? Does he care? Does he anyway? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he watched Armageddon and some of all. Oh my gosh, and... he was in Armageddon. In Pearl Harbor, I mean, he was in all these movies. People watch these movies. Why don't they just put uh, Bruce Willis in there? How about that? Yeah, it's a little I'll old. Take that as a Batman. You know what? He wouldn't be the worst. Oh my goodness! You just take anybody. Um, but, I, I want someone who I believe would be a grizzled. I kind of want Dark Knight Batman. Like, do you know who's titillated beyond all belief at this, this choice? Don't you? Who? Kev Smith. I don't know if he would his be. buddy Ben Affleck is going to be able to portray. His favorite superhero of all time. I'm sure he had Ben over and they had a good few blunts together and just cried and laughed and ate nachos and cried again and high-fived. What's interesting to me about this casting is that, I mean, there was a lot of reports earlier when they were talking about Justice League coming that they were trying to get Ben Affleck to direct it. So it's interesting. Maybe this is part of their step to do that. It is part of their plan for um, for for Kevin Smith and his buddies, his his cronies, to take over Hollywood. Well, that wouldn't be the worst thing. That it would be if Jason Mewes decides to get back on camera. Yeah, do not well, care for probably, him. No, I don't really care a lot for him. We just went away from clips uh, again. Okay, back we to did it back again. to this. How how likely is it going to be for a Batman Superman um, small set to be released? I think it's a guarantee. Well, yeah, I mean, it is two years from now, so, I mean, it'll happen. I mean, they, they do movie sets now. Yeah. They come out with every movie. There's Isn't there a Thor the Dark World set already been announced? Uh, yes, it was, and it has a Sutter set, which makes me upset because I went and bit the bullet and bought the Superman set and then gave away the figures. Uh, Leon still owes me that money. Um, and uh, I could have bought Thor instead and been a little happier with my purchase, so I feel a little bad about that, but whatever. I mean, and there's probably going to be, you know, a Captain America Winter Soldier one next year. There's probably going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy one, which I will totally buy. Because I didn't get Groot when it first came out. And I kind of like the idea of having the movie versions. Mm. I don't know why it's the one movie versions I'm okay as with. As long as it looks good and it doesn't look like a movie thing, I might consider it. But for the most part, if it's movie even styled, I can't touch it. Movie Iron Man, can't play it. No, I can't do it. And then next year, maybe they'll do a <laughs> Days of Future Past. Okay, that's the end of this conversation. i got to go. <laughs> You, you, that, that's enough <laughs> I can't no I hate that whole concept and I hate everything to do with Brian Singer's career I'm sure he's a great guy God bless him I hope he's successful but I don't want to watch his movies no not at all yeah. eh? I guess that's fair I mean you have a preference and it's just not him so what else can we say about Wolverine and the X-Men besides that I have, we haven't already said about my obsession with chases or team dials any team dials are the team dials that you got those are the ones you wanted yeah. Um, I I could have done without Blue because I didn't feel like I needed the See, characters. I really expected that you would want one of the X Men teams. That kind of surprises me. Uh you know what? I don't know if I really care about any of them that much. Because we already I mean, have I'm so f- many versions of them. Yeah, like it's not like I can't somehow get some version of those characters. I mean, having the Brotherhood together is really cool because I really like the new Quicksilver. Um, having the Hellfire Club, it's I don't know that is un- not as interesting because. 
she uh what's her name? Emma, uh, Emma yeah. Frost isn't that great. Yeah, the characters in the set are good enough. If you have those three characters, then you can just make your own Hellfire teams. Exactly. And then um yeah, and the X Men Blue, I mean it's good to have, but again, I don't know. I don't I didn't need those characters. But it's nice to have them. Yeah, I that's kinda how I felt about the blue. Like I kinda want Rogue a little bit and maybe Psylocke, but for the most part the only one I really wanted of any of those teams was Archangel. He looks so good. And he's got a great dial, and he's comic accurate, and he's got one of the coolest X-Men traits ever, being able to help people use the X-Men team ability for free. Mm. Um, that's, that's, that's cool. That's the kind of thing that, uh, that fits Warren. He is the support. He is kind of like, always been, even in his darkest times, he's been a piece of like the soul or the spine of the team. He's been that you know avenging angel who will can swoop down from the skies and grab you and pull you out of a fight. Or you know, he's, he's, he's been the, one of the least powerful characters for a very long time. True. Oh, yeah. um, you know, even in X Men number one, um, he's there with a little like rocket launcher because he has no powers. He's just hovering and shooting that. No, he can't do anything. No. Um, and so eventually, he gets turned into a Horseman. He gets these cool wings and everything. But even so, representing him as that guy who, if he carries you, he's kind of fostering the team spirit and he's helping the team out. So it's this is representing that that ability to help. I thought that was really kind of I don't know. I can't say that it's touching, but it's it's a nice well, take. Plus, on he it. does have healing blood. Well, he does, I suppose. But this is the X-Men Gold version who hadn't had that secondary mutation yet. But yes, I, no, not that's yet. true. One thing I, I do like is that there's a lot of characters... Uh, sorry. Uh, there are a lot of characters in the set who work together with other characters. And I like more and more of that. Because I, I like when it reflects these characters and who they should be. But I wish they would do uh, something more than just get plus one to their attack because they're next to each other. I know, but you know what? I'll take it for now. Until they figure out better, more customized ways of doing it, I'll take like, it. Like the fact that Dazzler and Longshot get benefits from being next to one another, or Shatterstar and Richter. Um, like I, I just think that's a really nice thing to have, and it, it promotes playing certain characters together. Like the Strucker twins, those are characters that are going to need to be played together, and they'll get obvious benefits and, and hopefully boosted damage and all these things, maybe even Sharpshooter for doing it. Um, and obviously Aurora and North Star should have the, the, those, are, those are groups those are pairs who distinctly will be benefited and boosted from adjacency Dazzler and, and Shatterstar um, Dazzler and oh, I could say Shatterstar it's her son um, and, and uh, Longshot they don't have to be next to each other to get that bonus I feel like there are other ways to do it rather than just giving them the, the plus one to attack because Beast and, and Wonder Man have the same thing or Batman and Robin like everybody seems to have it it's thrown out there like candy I like it when they're more creative so I really hope that uh, Aurora and Northstar don't get that bonus I hope that it actually is like a flash of light when they when they, when they they clap and they kind of you know knock stealth off of the uh, in a certain radius or whatever that's that's the kind of thing I hope I think we're a little more creative but I do agree that those are neat combinations and I'd like to see more more of them yeah, because it's, it's meant for the fans. It's be like, well, I know that these characters are supposed to be together, so we're going to give them some kind of benefit to be together. Um, I, I do think it's... Yeah, you're right. It, it would be nice if it was a little bit more customized and it made more sense for how these characters would actually respond and act. But, you know, I'll take I'll take it the way they've given it so far, at least. Like Kitty and Peter, that's okay with me. I'm okay with them giving the boosted defense because they do often play really close together. They do often stick close together. They do often fight that way. Uh, she's often seen phasing through him in the middle of combat to kind of come to his aid on the other side of him or take out a machine that happens to be there. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, Emma and Scott, I don't think they need it. I, I'm, I'm fine that they don't have that. Uh, Emma get, being given enhancement in general is, is good. She, her GSX version is a great representation of that and shows that her mental abilities can help empower people. 
Um, is, there, is there anyone else that you can think of in the DC or Marvel universe who like the Strucker kids or um, Aurora North Star really actually benefit from adjacency? Doesn't um, Shimmer and her brother don't they have a bonus? I think I think there is something, and they actually do play differently that way too. Okay, um, I can't remember anyone else. One thing I just thought of, just because we were thinking earlier about things that change the way you play certain meta elements of the game, I do like that Gambit uh, is able to uh, screw over anyone who's still using the Gamma Bomb. Because he can steal it? Because uh, you can take it Oh, that's game. right. You just replace it with light objects, don't you? Yeah, you may replace any object five points or less with a standard light object from outside the game. Yeah, he's cool in that way, but he has too many points. I just don't... It's just not Gambit, you know? No, I know. He's still pretty good. No, though. he he's still pretty good, and there's lots to like, and he's kind of interesting, and he plays in a different way, and he's not a boring version of the character. I wish they could just have packaged him in a way that he came in under a hundred points. Because the last one was like, like ninety points, wasn't he? Imitations of Monsters. He was ninety, exactly, and that was yeah. that was still a bit high. People were saying, so I don't know. I think that it's a little odd that he's almost the same number of points as his girlfriend Rogue there, um, and she's supposed to be you know Ms. Marvel light. I don't I don't know. That kind of rubs me the wrong way, and it's just a fanboy thing. It's not anything to do with the game. No one, no one who plays the game for actual the game cares what I'm saying now. But um, I wish that he was, you know, not uh, whatever. I think he's he's any more, but he's more points than Cyclops, isn't he? He is, yes. A bit much. It does seem a little weird to be more points than Cyclops. Like Nebula and Catwoman also have similar abilities of like to do with theft or playing with objects on the game, but they don't come in as high and I feel like it's neat to be able to play them on their team on teams because they're not taking up such a huge point total so you can enjoy their trait and if they happen to die okay whatever but they they'll get in there they'll sneak in they'll do a little bit of damage and they're fine Gambit's up on the region of kind of primary attacker and I don't picture him being that I like him more as a standoffish kind of guy well, you like the explosion where he's like 50 points. Um, yeah, uh, the explosion, if they kind of... I, I, that's a little bland for me. Um, a little more creativity would be good. But, I mean, even just the, with the way that energy explosion has become, giving him a running shot at a, a certain point, running shot and three-target energy explosion with like five range would still make him pretty cool. Hmm. Um, I would even like him to give him the ability to either target into stealth or throw cards down so that they explode like time bombs. That'd be kind of cool, too. He often does that. No. Well, yeah. no. He's often taking a card. He'll charge it and he'll leave it. There's a very famous episode of a cartoon called the X-Men Animated Series where they leave a card <laughs> behind you. and then the Sentinels come and they say, what is that object? It appears to be the Ace of Spades and then blows up in his face. Fantastic. That actually was pretty awesome. Yes, it was that awesome. the final decision? Uh, yeah, it was. And that's the same episode where Wolverine is fighting in the dark with his shirt blasted off. Oh, yeah. A freaking that's awesome. awesome episode. Still had his mask on, though. Oh, you gotta keep the mask on. Then no one can know who you are. That's one of my favorite episodes oh, yeah. of that series. Ain't that enough? A great episode. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, the Brave Row was the first to die. Yeah. Oh, what a great delivery by that voice actor, too. That guy is an amazing <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm sure he's nothing like I picture him, but I picture him looking exactly like Magneto. Strong-shouldered, built, yeah. wisps of hair across his chest, little touches of stubble, long-flowing white locks... I just imagine yeah. him as this powerhouse because he's probably like a paunchy little guy, you know, short, stocky, you know, balding. But I'd rather not know what he looks like because I feel like that ruined the illusion. Did it ruin it when you met Xavier? 
Uh, no. No? No, it did not. All right. I, uh, for those who don't know, I actually met the voice of uh, Charles Xavier from the X-Men animated series. Uh, he was a client of my of my bank, and uh, one of the people I worked with was, you know, his financial advisor, and I'm like, no way. Like, I, I recognized the guy's name right away, and he came into the branch once, and they they told me that he was there, and I'm like, I'm a huge fan. He's like, oh, from what? Road Davin Lee? Or, I'm like, no, X-Men. And he's like, oh, of course. Like, of course. And, and because uh, well, I guess I'm the right age group, yeah. right? And then as he was leaving, he ducked into my office. And he just looked at me and said, "My mutant powers are sensing something." And I'm like, "That's amazing!" Oh my goodness! That would, if you was... could have stopped him and recorded like a greeting on your cell phone for uh... oh, for sure. I, I if I had had the chance, I would have called home and had him leave a message or something. That would like... be so cool. You've reached the Xavier Institute. Leave a message if you dare. Yeah. And the be- the best thing I always thought was interesting that his uh, his his ex wife was the voice of Jean Grey. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I, yeah. I mean, these are all Canadian voice actors who most of them have drifted away into obscurity, but there's always a hope that we'll be able to rally them together and bring them to a con one of these years. If it hasn't happened already, I've never heard of it. I don't think anyone's ever really. I mean, they, obviously, some of them you know have been around, but for the most part, there's no. It doesn't seem like there's any real. If they could get them together, if they could get a handful of them together, not even all of them. I would just flip my lid. I would absolutely come to that. I would pay a large sum of money to come and watch, listen to the panel. I really would. That's my childhood. I would listen to Actually, that. Actually, it, it, it would be cool to have them uh, at a panel and just do a table read. Oh, my gosh. Adam, you're, you're plugging on my heartstrings. That would be so nice. That would be so good. Like, oh. Wouldn't that be awesome oh, to see? Wow. That would. There would be so much cheering. Oh, it would be incredible. They could, the energy in that room would just be palatable. It would be incredible. Now, here's a question. If you had to have them table read one episode, what episode would it be? I really like the first episode. Oh, there's technically two episodes. I really, really like it. There's such great lines. You know, like, how'd you do that? With style, petit. With style, you know? Yeah, that's true. Just, but there's no Magneto in that episode. That's true. That is that is hard to, to, to take, but I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, I don't know if I'd pick a Sabretooth heavy episode, because I don't know if I want to hear his voice that <laughs> He's often. great. He's a great voice, though. <laughs> He's good for the character, but I don't know if I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I guess I'd have to say uh, Beyond Good and Evil, all four parts. How about that? All four parts, <laughs> I want to hear. Why don't you just pick Dark Phoenix? Cycle I want to hear Sinister scream, George, open a portal. Somebody open a portal. Uh, what about uh, just to uh, see the episode with um, uh, with, with Wolverine and Jean Grey talking and her being like, Scott's waiting for so me. My. Yeah, that's a great episode. How badly too. would you like to see that? Any of that stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Even if they don't do a whole episode, they could just read a few lines because, I mean, I, you can find on YouTube anyone who's listening who cares. Um, the voice actor for Rogue, you can look it up, and they have someone who... who she does some Yeah, she lines. does some lines, and she does them from the script, and it's been like 15, 20 years, and she can, and she can just say them off the top of her head, because I guess that's the good memory she has as a voice actress. Um, well, I, I was watching, um, I mean, about the idea of memory and people knowing that, I was watching, um, I, I went to see Star Trek Best of Both Worlds, that two-parter in theaters, because they were celebrating the release of one of the Blu-ray sets, and they had a little making-of documentary, and they had the woman who plays, I guess, Shelby, Officer Shelby, oh, good. Uh, who is the blonde, and she was saying, to this day, I still remember this line of dialogue. And she rattles off this complex, like, you know, something about which system, anyway. And then they showed the shot from the original show, and then her just sitting there, just rattling it off. She's like, I can never forget that. Mm. I had to study and remember this particular line, and that will be me, be with me until I die. I, I, so I'm sure it's like that with some of these actors. They have these moments, and... Yeah, know. for sure. Um, I was looking at a lot of the special features for Seinfeld, and the actor who plays Jay Peterman... 
he's the same way. They're, they actually do that. He's being interviewed, and they're talking to him, and they're recollecting events from the show, and he starts talking about some of his favorite lines, and they do the picture-in-picture, the picture, and they show him in the show doing it, and him in the in the studio saying it just verbatim years and years later. Um, and he does it several times. So, it, it, I mean, maybe these are people with good memories, but it, there must be something to it when they have to memorize these lines and then do them on the day. It kind of sticks with you. It gets embedded. Especially if they're good and memorable lines. Especially if they, they please you. They bring pleasure to you and you think they have value. So you keep the words in you. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the joys of, of literature and love of literature because um, taking a, fi- a, a fine set of words from any author and, and, and making it part of you, it, beca- it goes with you in life. And then and at the most opportune moments it could come out and it can bring other people joy. So that that is a kind of a lost art. Um, people used to memorize poetry. They used to memorize pieces of literature. That was a skill mm. that was encouraged and even demanded from educated individuals. And now people just kind of... Um, there's a line from a song that's not very good, but the line says, um, the poets let a generation down. Um, that the, our, our poets in this generation aren't poets. We don't listen to poetry. We don't talk about it. Our poets are musicians, and often they aren't even very good lyricists but people memorize lyrics that's what we memorize and you can that's an interesting point you can see someone sitting there twiddling their thumbs waiting for the bus and you'll see them mouthing words to a song or humming along to a song that isn't even playing because they know the words Mm. it's just too bad that more people don't have memorized lines from Wolverine and the X-Men and uh, the X-Men the animated series and any of these cool cartoons that we love Uh, there's a lot of lines I remember from the Spider-Man animated series just because I loved it so much another good show uh, we, like I, I, I can close my eyes and I can, well, first of all, I can see my favorite episode play out, and I can also, I know the dialogue fairly well, or at least I can, I can just hear it in my mind. Uh, my favorite episode of that one was the, the turning point episode where they killed off, killed off with quotes Mary Jane, and uh, they kind of reenacted the classic, um, you know, death of Gwen Stacy, but with MJ instead, and a, you know, a portal so that she didn't actually die. <laughs> Um, but I just remember that episode so strongly and just, I can hear Norman Osborn's, uh, you know, his dialogue in my head all the time. Not all the time, cause that sounds really creepy and like I'm hearing his, hearing the Green Goblin in my head constantly, but it was just, it was very memorable and it was just a certain pitch and he had such a great voice cause he was able to handle both Norman and the crazy Goblin and it's just very memorable. Now speaking him. of Spider-Man, Spider-Man yes. the amazing, his amazing friends. Yes. Thoughts? You like them? You, you care? I don't really care. I mean, they're, they're 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 fairly good figures, but I feel like it's just one of those things where I'm not going to ever get it, so I don't really look at it. It's kind of like with a lot of the con exclusives that come out. I give them a glancing look, and I'll kind of be like, oh, okay, Superman, Batman, or sorry, Superman, Wonder Woman are amazing, or Trinity of Sin that looks like a lot of text. I don't care. <laughs> I'm never going to own these things, so it and. For the most part, I'm probably never going to encounter them because in Canada we don't really have any conventions to go to to get these kind of figures. So the likelihood of ever seeing them or in my everyday life is so low that you know I just kind of look at it. I'm like, oh, that's that that's happening, and then I I move on. They don't have them at Fan Expo. I don't think so. They never Sucks. have in the past. The WizKids doesn't have any support. Get there. on that WizKids. Justin's around. I know you're listening. Get on that. We need to get some cool con- con- convention convention stuff too because this is a big city. It's a huge con. Um, it is a huge con, but there's no there's no presence. Well, they can promote the product. I don't understand. Canada has, is a big enough market; they can promote the product some more and, and encourage the industry here. I don't understand the mentality, but whatever. I'm not Justin. Um, but I, I think the figures are pretty cool. I look at Spider Man the first time. I'm like, ah, whatever. I don't know if I, I feel about this. But the more I look at those the, that, that dial, he looks as close to being the best representation of Spider Man I've I've ever seen. 
But then there's also so much on the dial. Because everybody has expectations of Spider-Man. You ask any player what Spider-Man should have, and they'll list off a few powers. Well, he should have should have Leap Climb, for sure. And Super Senses, 100%. And he, he has to have Super Strength. And you ask another player, and he goes, well, he really needs to have Charge, because you can't just move him next to someone and wait. And he's, he's a scientist, so he should have Outwit. And he's a, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a chatterbox, so he should have Perplex. And then you ask somebody else, and they'll be like, I really think hypersonic speed is appropriate for him. Hypersonic speed was perfect. And he should have, you know, improved movement, ignore characters, and, and it's just, the list goes on of all the powers. And by by throwing all these powers on this character, he's 165 points, right? Oh, he has to be indomitable. He has to be able to shoot in combat his webs. and He's too many points. 165 points It's just like, okay, I mean... It's it's more appropriate than giving Batman two hundred, but I still think that it, that is the realm of semi cosmic. That's the realm of going towards Magneto. Um, so for that reason alone, I kind of go. I don't think I'd play Spider Man one sixty five, but that collection of powers, that assortment of powers, does seem to represent him very well. Um, but you're right. I, I'm never going to get him. I just thought that was and Firestar is a beast. All of her damage oh, yeah. is penetrating. Unbelievable. She's Pyro now. When, when, is, when did that happen? That fire became penetrating for everything? Uh, was that Pyro who started that? Was that what happened? I think it was Pyro because Human Torch has never had no, it. No. Yeah, Human Torch has always kind of been a little crappy. I guess we're, we're kind of overdue for Fantastic Four. I guess you're right. They kind of sparsely placed them in the super rare slot for a few sets since, um, was it started in uh, Captain, Captain America, America? Where they gave us Galactic two. Guardians. Yeah. But it doesn't really feel like we, I don't know. I guess we have had them recently, but they weren't that memorable. Whereas the the FF the Future Foundation uh, starter, ones. yeah, they were the okay. But the FF starter was the, probably the best version of the Fantastic Four that worked together. And the game has advanced so far since then that um, the only one who's really that playable is um, Thing. I know Mister Fantastic's got a great built-in brilliant tactician, but that Thing is still. I mean, he was so unbalanced for his time, and now he's come into a game, and he wouldn't. He's not top tier anymore. He's he's medium. He's good. He's playable, but it's amazing how he's extremely strong. But you're right. He's not going to be. You know, people aren't going to be groaning about him. They're going to be like, "Oh, he's good. yeah." Oh, I remember him. That's fine. Like no one's going to say anything about it because they're just going to turn Spiral's portal on and come and jump you in the face. So they don't care. Yeah, that's, that's what they do. And we were all like, "Oh man, he could take tokens off other characters. This is crazy." And the wording was was terrible, so he could take tokens off of himself. And he was like, "Wow, what is this ability to take tokens off people? Is unheard of. This is unbalanced." And then later on, they just change leadership, so people are doing it all the time. Then now it's not a thing. We don't blink about it. We don't care. Um, yeah. So he's not special. I do, to go back, I guess yeah, you are right. Spider Man is just too expensive, but he does do a lot of the things that we wanted Spider Man to do. Yes. There's nothing about and him that's wrong. He, it's just he's a little expensive, and you don't think of Spider-Man as being more than half your force. I do like the ability to give... To me, I know sidesteps everywhere, but to me, sidesteps should really be given to characters who are so fast, are so quick and nimble, they should be moving around every turn, even if it's just for free. I don't understand why anybody who has any kind of training or an X on their belt or just happens to be in a comic can get sidestep. I'm waiting for Mary Jane with sidestep. Um, because well, I mean, doesn't doesn't Miss Lion have it? The dog? Every, it seems like everyone has it. I like it in like Flash, and Quicksilver, and Spider Man, and Toad. These are the characters I think should have it. I think hypersonic characters. I think it's a perfect example of they can move when they move and they can attack. And even when they're not moving, they're vibrating or they're jumping around. So Spider Man should be sidestepping. Absolutely, he's a bouncy character. Toad, absolutely, I love sidestep on those characters. Da- Speedball. Da- Speedball. Dazzler, no. 
No. I don't get it. Uh, Nightcrawler, I'm fine with that, because he's a Banffer, so, uh, or he's a teleporter, so he starts off with Hypersonic, the new one from Excalibur, he takes a click, he goes into, into sidestep. That's great, that's fine for Clint, for Kurt, he's, a, he's an acrobatic character. Um, Jubilee, yeah. no, you know? No. Like, why does Mirage have it? Because she was in the danger Why does Cyclops room? have like, it? He's a running shot character, that's what he is. I, yeah. I, I have no problem with sidestep, but Beast, I'm okay Even with Beast. The, even the Shi'ar soldiers have it, although they call it military march. I'm like, that doesn't mean it make any sense. No, they're not. They don't have extra um, energy or more erratic behavior. They're not super yeah. fast. No, Shatterstar having it, I'm okay with. Okay, um, okay, yeah. he's on the border, but fine. But he, but everyone kind of has it, and um, you know, Xavier's going to have it when he comes out. He'll be wheeling every turn. It says wheels, right? Well, Takes the brakes I mean, off. You, sorry, have you seen the Wolverine movie yet? No, haven't yet. No. Okay, well, I won't say anything then. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, I wonder if anyone's actually counted up all the uh, actual amount of pink powers. Like, I guess someone probably has, but in terms of how many characters have sidestep, etc. Oh, there are so so many people, Adam, that you know of, uh, who sit at work all day and are bored, and they go on the realms, and they're like, what shall my project be today? I had a job that was so boring that I would sit there, and I didn't have internet at the time. It was taken away at my desk because it's horrible for employees to have internet. Um, I I took out sheets of paper. And I started to write down from memory all of the set lists that I could remember. Wow. And I got through quite a few of them, and I got very close to complete on a few of them. I never 100%, but I was pretty impressed. I'm like, wow, I, this is pretty good. So that's how bored impressed I was. Impressed Well, it was a sad thing to be doing, but you got to give yourself something, your brain something to do. So I was just, you know, here clicks. I'm going to put down everything I can remember. So I'm sure people have gone through and counted all of the pink powers in every person. Uh, mm. We're all kind of statisticians, it seems. Heroclix players. Maybe there's a lot of commonality between us and baseball baseball fans. I think so. More than we'd probably care yeah. to admit. Well, uh, this game, half of it is about memorizing stats, memorizing dials. The you, better, the best players know exactly what they're what's coming up on the dial. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just going through a bunch of cards. I mean, the fact that Smasher has both charge and then sidestep, but the the explanation for his sidestep is basically charge, which is forward lunge. Yeah. No, I, I don't... I, I have no problem with the power. I think it's wonderful. I wish that they had more of a vision for or a goal for what they hope to achieve with the powers. Because even Precision yeah. Strike, I think it's actually, seeing it in play, it's a bit overpowered. I would like if it added... Yes and no. I would like if it subtracted one from the dice roll of a Super Sense character. Mm. Make it harder for them to dodge, but... Just because Dazzler has laser beams doesn't mean those lasers are going to automatically hit Spider-Man. Or, or not automatically, but it, that he can't really dodge them. Or his super senses yeah. don't, don't kick in. Or that Daredevil can't tell she's doing what she's doing and dodge it. Uh, um, even with um, can't be reduced below one, I guess I'm okay with that. What about Mastermind? Can't be transferred? Can't be transferred at all? How about can't be transferred beyond, you know, it has to, you know they have to at least take one damage. That's kind of how yeah. I feel the power should be. You can't transfer more than one damage, uh, uh, you know, over more, um, I, how do I want to say this? You have to at least take one damage if you're using Mastermind or if you're reducing. And Super Senses, you, you, it's a harder time to, to dodge. Because when you were shooting me with Dazzler, uh, when I had Nightcrawler, it was brutal. You're just like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm like, I, okay, I can't do anything. I'm Nightcrawler and I'm just going to sit there and take it. Because you have, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Do you feel that way at all, or no? Because I love, I agree with you, I love Invincible. I think it's a wonderful addition to the game. Um, I do think Precision Strike is a little overpowered, just because the fact that you can't do anything about it, and you can't evade it, and it's just happening. And it's okay if it's on certain characters that, like, maybe it's in their dial, or they're a character who's known for precise strikes, yeah. like Deadshot or something like that. 
but um, or even Deathstroke, but instead they put it on everybody, like Dazzler, like really. Yeah, there's some characters who really deserve it. I mean, really, Dazzler deserves penetrating. Blast. Sure. I mean, that's. I think that would be almost more accurate. Penetrating, um, but low I, damage. Yes. That's what I mean. Like she I can pierce, think... but she's not going to bludgeon you for three damage. But doesn't she start with precision three? Precision strike. I mean, it should it should belong to characters like like Karnak. Like that that his whole power is he's able to find out where you're most vulnerable and then give you a precision strike in that spot. Mm-hmm. So Karnak would be like the best candidate for this power. Right. But that's also represented by exploit weakness. That's true. Right. It's a little bit of both because this Karnak strikes avoid you from using your super senses no they just can hit the weakest point when they hit you that's true yeah i guess you're right it's just, it's just i don't know uh, I, it's a way around certain things it's basically giving an exploit weakness for super senses and and mastermind which maybe the game needed that's fine but um i don't know i don't think it needed it because i don't think a lot of people use mastermind that often and, and a lot of people just depend on super senses and super senses in the in the best of times is only going to happen, you know, one third of the time. And I am one player who almost never gets super senses rolls. I know some people go, "Oh, well, Phantom X is is a great character, but you know, at least he has super senses to protect him. Because if he didn't have super senses, he'd be completely naked." To me, he might as well be naked. I don't get those rolls. So to me, Phantom X has to be kept away from everybody because I'm going to get killed. Well, then you throw this into the equation. It's like, well, you don't even get a chance to roll. Sorry, Nate. Like I'm shooting you now. Um, yeah. I don't think that super senses need to be nerfed. I don't think there's anything about that power that was problematic at all. Like I don't, I don't have an issue with super senses. That's not a problematic power. It doesn't need to be dealt with, as it were. Uh, I think it's maybe not that the power had to be dealt with. It's that the proliferation of it, like how, like how many characters actually had super senses, okay. especially as they were starting to combine powers. Uh, so that you could have multiple powers, so many characters have. So now we have to create more powers because the designers can't hold back in their designing and and overproduce. Oh wait a minute, and then they've they, done it before, and then they overproliferate with pink powers also. Like if your power is over, if your problem is overproliferation, stop overproliferating. I don't don't just swallow more flies, okay? Because I yeah, but that's not how they do. The things. old woman, they, the old woman swallowed a fly, so then she swallowed what a, a frog to eat the fly, and then she swallowed what to eat the frog. I think a cat or something. Mm-hmm. And then the cat. That's how they the do dog it. Just, uh, yeah. And then I guess she'll die. And I guess they're just trying to kill. <laughs> oh, whiskers. That's just how it's going. Yeah. Uh, we're about to wrap up, but one thing I, I just want to mention: um, Have you heard the the first news out of the fan, Canadian Fan Expo this uh, this weekend? No. Uh, and you don't really read DC, so it's not ever going to matter to you. But apparently, they're going to be. Um, Justice League of America, it's unclear how it's going to happen, but there is going to be the Justice League of Canada. Uh, no, that does not. No, no, I don't like that. That's, it's actually happening. Justice League of America is becoming Justice League of Canada. Okay. I. It's it's it, we already have Alpha Flight. We don't need Justice League of Canada. Yeah, Alpha Flight has struggled for years to find its footing and doesn't really know what it is. Without John Byrne, it doesn't have any real purpose. So thanks, DC. I mean, good job. Unless you've hired. John Byrne to do it, just back off. To, don't uh, at least they do have a Canadian writer, uh, Jeff Lemire. Oh, Jeff Lemire, I love him. He's great. So he's going to be writing Justice League of America, and he's going to be bringing it in the camera. Now you have my attention. So, just like when you put Brian Wood on a book. Yeah, well, yeah, put Brian Wood on something and it gets a lot of people's attention. Mm. So it's interesting. It's still stupid, uh, but I mean that's good talent to have. However, it looks like the artist who's going to be on it is going to keep you away from the book. A Steve Dillon. Mike McCone. Yeah, okay. No, I won't touch it. You're not a fan of McCone. Not a McCone fan. I think at least he's the 
It, it's a little. I I haven't read the entire article, but I just saw it. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Great. Any I mean, any, I guess... any clicks news beyond the Borg spheres today? Uh, no, I don't believe so. That's not real clicks news then. Oh, take that, Star Trek fans. <laughs> I have nothing against. Oh, them. have you? Yeah. Have you seen the uh, the Canada Post designs for uh, our Superman stamps? No, I haven't. Is that to honor Siegel and Schuster? Uh, I guess so. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's the seventy fifth anniversary of the character, so they're giving him, and because of his Toronto roots, they're uh, they're giving him some stamps. So there's five stamps. Uh, it's pretty. I mean, the, the the there's five of them. The first one is the most classic kind of, I believe, Superman number one, not Action Comics one, but Superman number one, where he's kind of yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. in the air kind of jump. Are they all Golden Age? Uh, no, oh, that's too bad. Uh, there's at least one that's Bronze Age, which is the classic. Uh, it's one of the renditions of a classic pose, which is Superman breaking the chains that are on him. Yeah. There's one that appears to be Jim Lee. Uh, actually, I think there's actually a list here. There's Superman number one by Schuster, Superman thirty two by Wayne Boring, uh, Superman two thirty three by Neil Adams, Superman two hundred four by Jim Lee in two thousand four, well. and one from uh, Superman Annual number one in two thousand twelve by Kenneth Rockefort, which I can't stand. Mm. So it's just interesting. Like a little thing, I kind of want to buy those stamps. Yeah, me too. I agree. That'd be cool to have them. That'd be collectible, especially uh, for stamp collectors in the states. That'll be a big collectible thing. And apparently, uh, people with Canadian addresses can pre-order them. Very nice. And one of the uh, the covers, although it's not actually one of the stamps, is the uh, oh no, it looks like it is is the cover to Man of Steel, uh, the John Byrne miniseries where he's ripping his, ch- his uh, shirt open. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Kind of a nice little thing. I mean, for those who aren't Canadian, too bad. You already have everything else. You can else. email you get... Adam at Comic Shenanigans and ask him to send you some, but he won't respond. <laughs> no, I would. Actually, I, I was listening to another podcast, uh, I think it was Comic Geek Speak, and they were talking about how one, two or three of the guys are big fans of Doctor Who, and they had Doctor Who stamps in uh, Britain, and they actually had some listeners actually send them uh, some uh, some of these stamps, because they, they were like, oh, we're, we can't get these. So people actually sent them to them. That's so. nice, though. That's pretty cool. If people want these, uh, you know, these these interesting Superman stamps from Canada that you won't be able to use, by all means, please let me know. Just take a little bit of a finder's fee for yourself. Eh. <laughs> they can have the stamps. So how do you feel this first uh, little Skype conversation went? I think it went well, but uh, we won't know. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah. So hopefully... This uh, may never air. <laughs> this may never air if it doesn't work, but uh, or it might be slightly... I think it'll take some fine tuning, but at least we're on we're on the road. All right. Because if it is somehow a way that you and I can actually do almost weekly podcasts from the comfort of our own homes, when I have a child at some point somewhere in my house, screaming in the crying, background, yeah, and screaming, at least like that'd be nice to be able to whatever we wanted to. We could be like, hey, let's do a quick podcast, even if it was only like twenty minutes, and you know, once a week, just to talk about Heroclix stuff. I mean, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So you cool. know, it doesn't have to be these the long hour and 45 minute chats like we have right now but you know whatever you, you gotta let pent up okay so this is your release i guess so well i just <laughs> just do i did an hour on my own so uh, it still would be nice to kind of talk more about the actual opening and the stuff we pulled with tom and amber but uh i guess the time has passed and i kind of uh, covered it already it was fun yeah you did so it was it was a fun time and this was definitely a very fun exciting set and i guess we'll just have to look forward to iron man and see what that brings forward and, and i know you mentioned that there will be less people uh, interested, likely interested in that kind of a set, but um, it's we, not going to have the same level of interest. I, no. Alpha Flight, though. I mean, I got my eye on Alpha Flight. I think a lot of people. Yeah, will. 
But I don't think a lot of other stuff. I, and I think as much as I'm like, oh man, the Melter, that's awesome. No one else thinks that. Yeah. So this is the kind of set where I will have no problems not buying a case and then being in the pickup pieces where I want them. Yeah, I'm probably going to buy a CUR or as close as I can get from someone. It's just the, you know, ch- now that I have a child in the way, it's probably not going to happen, so. That's alright. As long as you have some clicks, you're good. That's true. Just a few. Just shoved into the basement. Anyways, this has been episode 102B, the uh, Talking to Heroes bonus, uh, bonus content uh, episode. Uh, thank you, Nate, for being on the show. No um, I am still Adam Chapman, as always. Uh, you can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Please, we need more ratings for iTunes. And you can also post in the HD Realms thread that we'll put up for the episode. So thank you for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.